Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Microsoft and Destiny 2, the relationship that seems to be forming there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live on YouTube uh, whenever I do these. Monday through Friday, usually during the day. Say no to rage.com will bring you right to the channel. If you want to support me on Patreon, SNTRpresents.com. If you want to support me on YouTube, click the join button. Those come with perks and benefits in the Discord like VIP call-ins. We're even working on like VIP game nights and stuff some fun things on the way so be sure to get in there so Destiny 2 and Microsoft you guys know if you've been familiar with my content my Q&A sessions ever since Phil Spencer responded to their their declaration of going independent I have had theories cooking up that they were going to be working more closely with Microsoft and we already have some indications that that will be happening to some degree. I don't even think we have the full scope of the story yet about what they will be doing with Microsoft, but I am obviously very excited to see even just the things that have been announced. So first I'm just going to talk about what's been announced. I'm going to read you their official announcement, what exactly they're saying is going to be going on. Then I want to talk about why I think this is just the beginning. And then I want to end by talking about you know, new engine, because there's lots of theories being thrown around about the engine. The stasis trailer video that I did, I really analyzed and, and pointed people to a handful of things. So this is going to be a video that's going to kind of touch on all those things. I'm even going to talk a little bit at the end of the video about anti-cheat. So what has been announced officially announced on bungie.net they said today bungie and xbox announced that they are joining forces to bring destiny 2 to xbox game pass this fall with an active game po- xbox game pass subscription players will have access to the standard edition seasonal co- content sold separately of each expansion beginning with forsaken and Shadowkeep available in September, and then Beyond Light in November. Later this year, we will be releasing a version of Destiny 2 that will be optimized for Xbox Series X, including 4K resolution running at 60 frames per second. Players who already own Destiny 2 on Xbox One will be able to transfer their game to the Xbox Series X for free via smart delivery. In addition, the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, players will be able to stream Destiny 2 on their Android mobile devices via xCloud. So you're getting a lot there. It's, 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 it's a lot to fly over. They have have a frequently asked questions on their website as well. I'm not going to read through all that. So if you have more questions, you can go to bungie.net and they can outline uh, those things for you as well as far as like what might be going on. So Game Pass and xCloud are kind of the two big things to, to latch on to here. Now, if you're wanting to buy seasonal content, that's going to cost extra, but everything else is included, including Beyond Light. Now, there's obviously a season attached to Beyond Light, the same way that like Shadow Keep came with Season of the Undying. So if you want to get everything, it'll you know it'll cost you ten bucks when Beyond Light comes out if you're a Game Pass holder. I've said for a very very long time that a relationship with Microsoft makes sense because Destiny Two is a perfect flagship game for a lot of the things that Microsoft is trying to push. Game Pass is their really really big offer right now, and XCloud is something that I think is going to become a more common you know, request of folks, and Destiny's a great game for that. You're sitting somewhere waiting on something, and you can hop on, do some bounties, get some stuff done right there on your phone over xCloud, uh, as long as it's an Android. Yeah, rip, rip iOS. Now, New Light, People, I think some people are probably wondering, like, well, what about New Light? Why would you put it on Game Pass when there's New Light? New Light will obviously still be a thing for the Sony platforms, and I'm presuming, I'm assuming this, non-Game Pass holders will still be able to, I would think, take advantage of whatever's coming with New Light. I don't think Beyond Light will be included, though. That'll be the big difference. It's like New Light will still be sort of an older package deal. Like, hey, you can get all the old stuff for free with New Light, but if you want Beyond Light, you gotta pay for it. Uh, and then obviously, Game Pass, it comes 
included without the season. So it might get a little confusing on the pricing structure for people that maybe don't want to do Game Pass but are playing on the Microsoft platform. But by and large, I think this is a great start. So let's talk about why I think this is just the beginning. I've been thinking something, you know, a very, very long time, you know, about something was brewing with Microsoft back in the background, and I made a lot of speculations about what that might be, and I do think, and if you look at traditionally with the way that Destiny 2 and even Destiny 1 progressed, Bungie seems to be at their best when they have a development partner. They had that with Vicarious Visions. Some of the best content in Destiny 2 was actually designed by Vicarious Visions, and then I think that led to, you know, shouldering the burden of development development hours and in development time so that Bungie could work on other things and I think that that recipe works very very well for Bungie so I don't know if this means Microsoft is a development partner but it certainly could mean they're tapping into some of the resources that Microsoft has because Microsoft I would think they have a vested interest in Destiny 2 being successful and substantive because if you're attaching it to Game Pass and xCloud Gaming it could be as I said a very very good flagship game for that so Microsoft has a vested interest in Destiny 2 doing very very well and Destiny you know Bungie wants Destiny 2 to do very very well because they're essentially planting their flag on Destiny 2 and saying this is where we're going for the foreseeable future with the Witch Queen and Lightfall and maybe even beyond I think they have plans beyond Lightfall as well and the other thing I think that points to something maybe changing in the background something needed to change in the background is the DCV the Destiny Content Vault I think it puts background tech upgrades really really being necessary and I'll tell you why Up to now, it's been a very consistent narrative, both from Bungie, people that worked at Bungie, and people that are connected to people, you know, at the company, have said it's actually really difficult to bring Destiny 1 content over to Destiny 2. It's slow, uh, you have to recreate it, they did this with the maps, they did this with some of the areas that they decided to reuse or bring back, and they were like, that's really, really slow. To suddenly change that narrative and say, hey, going forward, we're going to be bringing back a lot of Destiny 1 content. I don't know why you would do that unless there was a background technical change with respect, I would think, at an engine level that allows bringing over Destiny 1 content to be easier. It's possible that Microsoft assisted with this. It's possible that Microsoft helped them move the game maybe to a new engine or update, Tiger or whatever, that allow them to bring the Destiny 1 content over in a more seamless fashion. So the DCV, I think, is another indication that something's going on in the background, as well as the dungeon removal. The dungeon that was added this summer, the Prophecy Dungeon, is being removed and then re-added at a later time because of some sort of technical upgrade that needs to be done to the game under the hood. It won't work in the new version. That, to me, means the version we're playing in November, okay, is a is going to be a different version of Destiny. Now, that might have to do purely with Xbox. Maybe PC's not getting any of this. We might not be getting any engine love, but maybe whatever they're doing with Microsoft, okay? But I think everything we saw in that trailer combined with everything I just talked about really points to some sort of an engine change, upgrade, or something, okay? So let's talk about new engine. If you haven't seen my my breakdown of the Stasis trailer, the Destiny 2 Beyond Light Stasis trailer, I think there were a handful of clues in that trailer that something is different about the way that game is running. I don't think it's just post-processing, you know, smoothing or hyping or anything, because they've done amazing trailers for years now, and I've never seen anything like this from Destiny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tick these things off again, just so you can go li- watch them if you haven't yet, okay? Look at the player movement on a couple of the jumps, and the way that the frames kind of pan. Look at 
the shank movement when they're like coming down to like a snake formation it's far more there's a, there's a, there's a higher level of fluidity in the shank movement than I've ever seen in destiny and trust me I play it 1440 120 it's not just a rise in resolution and frames there's a smoothness in the engine itself there's something different about the physical movement of the shanks and then all the ice pieces anytime ice is being created or breaking each individual piece seems to have a physical in, in, in independence as well as like texture and lighting I don't think it's just ray tracing either the movement of the ice looks as if there's something independently happening at a physical level in the engine so you take all that you take all that that's going on as well as Bungie saying unequivocally a new version of destiny is launching in november that's optimized for the series x something had to have changed on this game they're not just saying Keep in mind the, the language here. I'm really, really going to reread this because I think this is very important. They did not say we've optimized Destiny for the Series X. They said we will be releasing a version of Destiny 2 that will be optimized. They didn't just say we've optimized Destiny 2 for the Series X. It's literally a new version. And I think that's another indication their language there combined with the trailer, combined with what we know about Microsoft. It could be, okay, just a significant upgrade to the Tiger engine. They just made some changes. They've made adjustments. I think both the Tiger engine and Slipspace engine. Slipspace is the engine they're using for Halo Infinite. I do think they have core commonalities. I think they were largely inspired by older versions of Tiger and they've kind of gone off in different paths. Maybe they ported the entire game to Slipspace. Maybe that's why so many planets have been removed because that would make that process faster. Maybe that's why the dungeon has to be removed. Maybe Xbox is like, look, if you want this game to run amazing on the Series X, you really need to consider using our dev tools and our engine. We can assist with that. We have a an interest in Destiny 2 being an absolute amazing title for the next couple of years as a flagship Xbox Series X title. It could be any one of those things, alright? Now, another piece of this that could be exciting for PC users is they could lean on Microsoft for their easy anti-cheat. Maybe Microsoft can lean in and be like, listen, you're going to be funneling players through our services and everything else, and you can use our easy anti-cheat, and that'll assist. I don't know if they're going to, they could combine forces with that and Steam maybe to use those two, you know, services, because there is a concern about, you know, once the new consoles come out with their higher frame rate, higher FOV, a lot of the PvP crowd is going to vacate PC, and that could be a problem. Dedicated servers are unlikely given loose comments, but I do think crossplay might be happening between the PC audience and the Xbox audience because of all these changes as well as potentially some significant engine updates to the game. So, Destiny 2 and Microsoft promising future here, hoping for more substantive and and elaborate updates on what exactly is going to be happening with the game at a technological level, because I do think there's some changes coming. As always, we're going to go to Q&A and VIP call-ins next. If you're listening to this on all the other locations, you can always come to SayNoToRage.com and please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This can be a Q&A session that followed my talk about Destiny 2 and Microsoft. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live Monday through Fridays, usually during the day Eastern Time, at SayNoToRage.com. That'll get you into the live broadcast. If you want to take part in VIP call-ins or support the podcast directly, or submit questions in the YouTube chat or Discord, you can click the Join button on YouTube or go to SNTRPresents.com. That takes you to my Patreon. Patreon. Thank you to all the patrons and YouTube members for all the crazy support after just about a week of doing it this way. Also, 
There are some higher tier options available, and some very generous folks have chosen to do that. I have somebody on the call with me today co-hosting Q&A, Wolverine, one of the tier three members. Thank you for being here, sir. Say hello to everybody. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Lono, thank you very much for having me. And I can't emphasize how much fun this is, uh, the tiers that he offers. being able to jump to tier two to be able to select a topic and then tier three being able to have this opportunity to co-host it's it's awesome and if you want to be able to sit down and talk to someone that you really follow really enjoy lono gives you that opportunity right away i didn't tell him to say that <laughs> no that's, that's, that's completely that. that's completely all me that's me just plugging you because this is a first time for me and i'm and i'm really excited Cool. Well, I appreciate you uh, you saying that. He was interested because I touched on it lightly at the end of the video. I didn't want to steal any thunder, but there could be some potential uh, anti-cheat that comes out of this. Um, I mean, maybe before we get to the questions, do you want to say why that this perked your interest to co-host the potential with the anti-cheat and Microsoft? They use what's called uh, easy anti-cheat. Maybe explain why the, this like perked your interest. Absolutely. Um, I feel that this topic is is best suited for for my game style in particular. I come from more of a PvP background. Uh, I I love to play games like this, a grind, a dungeon, you know, whether it's Diablo, WoW, um, Destiny. I play the PvE so I can be really good at PvP. Um, That's kind of where I target this and why this topic more specifically today, uh, coming back to Destiny, and and seeing competitive playlists and trials expand and the cheating run rampant especially on pc i know uh ddosing is still a thing on xbox mm-hmm. and when we dive into xbox and we bring into topics I'll, I'll get into what i've learned um but yeah i feel like this is an interesting topic i feel like this topic can also set the set the stage for the future for people to be more excited at least on the pc spectrum to return to the pvp aspect yeah i mean i know i know bungie indicated that they were going to try and work more with steam but it would be good to maybe even you know lean on microsoft somebody in chat is saying you know easy anti cheats a third party program and all people can use it there could be um, easy integration though with Microsoft since they already use it and this that could be related to maybe some of the engine or background changes this this new version that's launching uh, in November they could it's it would maybe more readily integrate with easy anti-cheat because Microsoft is familiar with integrating it with Halo so hopefully um, we could see some of that happen I think that that's that's why I was having to have Wolverine on this call I'm not the PvP guy but man oh man I tried to bang on the anti-cheat drum as loud as I could um, I haven't really done it recently but I have a couple videos where I, I was pretty harsh I was like this is this is an anti-cheat this is this is something completely different and it's really really muddying the waters and uh hopefully we can uh we can get something genuine to stop it because new ironically enough new consoles could be a, a pretty significant threat to the pc pvp community so i see a lot you agreed. could see a lot of people uh exit so. uh, agreed and, and and you already kind of see that because people especially on the weekends you know my i'm me myself i definitely take advantage of this I will switch over from PC play to Xbox play, especially if I want to LFG and trials by myself. It's just, I can't take the risk of not only the skill gap being so high because of mouse and keyboard, just being more precise. And then the fact that, uh, you know, cheaters just between aimbot 
and wall hacks, but when we dive into it, I'll definitely break down how people are, are able to either manipulate the the hacks now or even just be completely incognito. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's take the first question here from Deathblood. He says, with Microsoft being a big player in Bungie's business, how likely are platform-exclusive content drops going to be, in your opinion, and what does it mean for the performances of the game on other platforms in general? We talked about this in the interim. I didn't touch on it in the video, so the 10-minute video won't have my commentary on this, so I'm I'm happy to have this question submitted, because I do think it's a concern. People are like, oh no, here we go again. Now it's just going to be Microsoft instead of Sony, you know, maps and guns and, you know, platform exclusivity. There's a there's a lot there is a lot in your corner to have confidence that that will not happen. Number one, Bungie has made sure to say a second time now on their website the frequently asked questions about this. There will be no platform exclusivity. They also said it when they announced New Light and Shadowkeep when Mark Noseworthy and Luke were like walking out and talking about what it's going to mean to be an independent developer. They're like no more platform exclusivity. In addition to their own commentary on it, Phil Spencer said, after there was a lot of criticism about the Tomb Raider platform exclusivity that lasted a year, he's like, we're moving away from that. He said at that time, we want to invest more into services and features for the user. And I think we're seeing that come into fruition with Game Pass, xCloud Gaming, Play Anywhere. They're really trying to drive the features and the benefits, not the, oh, get a map early or a game here and you can't get anywhere else. So I don't think you have any concern about Bungie or Microsoft doing it. Now, you know, obviously, Sony is still probably going to try and scoop up exclusives if they can. Um, but I, I really, really don't think that that is a, is a potential problem. I mean, what what do you think here, Wolverine? Do you think we're going to get like you know sucker punched here down the line, or is this is this a thing of the past? Well, in terms of uh, the exclusivity, yeah. I, you know, exclusivity has always been a thing that's obviously separated Xbox and, and uh, PlayStation users. Me, myself, as an Xbox user, I have no gripes with PlayStation. I personally, and this is my opinion, I think PlayStation offers the best single player exclusive games. Those those stories, uh, God of War, um, uh, resistance fall of man uncharted like those those are those are series that have you know that are tried and true you know, these are multiple you know generation games and you know as an, an xbox fanboy myself it sucks that you know it's really the the foundation is really master chief and then the gears of war so halo respectively and, and gears but um i i think game pass definitely brings in a, a broader audience and um and and i really do think you you really touched on it um everyone gets so caught up and colluded in the xbox versus uh play ps conversation sony versus microsoft conversation but really it's microsoft they they obviously know that there is competition on the console level but they are looking at different facets just like you said in terms of where they can target to make the most money yeah, yeah. When we we were kind of debating this in between the the, the talk and the Q and A, and I I said I feel like at least for now, Sony and Microsoft are fighting two different battles. Like you know, Sony's going the tried and true, get the big exclusives. You know, you get Spider Man, Miles Morales, get Horizon Zero Dawn two. I, I I'm sure there's a, a God of War sequel on the way. You know, and not supposed sequel, to be fighting the God of Thunder. Yeah, right. And 
those th those will be big big draws to their platform especially with how strong the ps5 is but i feel like microsoft has sort of abandoned that front and said listen rather than dump a bunch of money in tomb raider as an exclusive or this or that or blah 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 they've invested in two things number one good relationships with developers so they got their id got a lot of indies you know, they, they're supplying and basically publishing games like the next Hellblade. And in addition to that, that's one thing they've done. The other thing they've done is they've really invested in the features and the benefits and the services aspect. And that's where I think over the coming years, you are going to see, and this is where people get really like, oh no, Sony's still going to be amazing. None of what I'm about to say takes away from how well Sony and the PS5 will do. I think it'll be an amazing console that will sell incredibly well. Sony always outsells Microsoft in the Asian market ten like ten times over, and that's going to happen again. Microsoft just doesn't have a leg in that part of the world, and that's a large part of the world. That's a large part of the gaming world, especially. And so Sony PS5 is going to be amazing. It's going to sell really, really well. But I do think Microsoft is building a Leviathan-sized service platform. That's why in recent interviews, they've even said like they view their true competition being Amazon and Google. That's why you're seeing Amazon trying to get into gaming. You're seeing Google. And I think Microsoft stands to be the the absolute leader in service-based gaming um, as opposed to buying a console so I can get certain games. I, just, I feel like that mentality, uh, we're already seeing a shift and just the way the younger generation thinks about gaming, um, so I'm not I'm not concerned about platform exclusivity. I uh, I think that, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be a thing of the past. If it if it ends up happening again, like oh this game you can only get here for a certain amount of time, or oh this game you get you get more maps and guns and stuff on Sony, I think people more and more are just gonna really reject that. They're not. It's not gonna be a big selling point. I don't I don't think so. Uh, next question from Temper. With the recent release of that Stasis trailer, how is your bet of a new engine going? I'm all bo- I'm on all board for that now. It's- there's no- at this point, I am willing to say pretty definitively that there's no way we're getting zero engine update. I- I think out of all the possibilities, there is literally no way that's possible. That they're literally- they're, they're not gonna do anything to the engine. They're just gonna update the- the frames per second and FOV and ray tracing. I'm like, no, 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 no. There is literally no way from the language they use and what we see in that trailer, there is at, at the very minimum, there will be some form of an update to the Tiger engine itself. Companies do this all the time. And the way I make the argument is the DCV is, is a big thing in the corner of my argument here because Bungie has traditionally said it's very hard to bring Destiny 1 content over to Destiny 2. Why all of a sudden would that change? You're going to bring Vog, the Cosmodrome, potentially other planets and other raids in the future? Why would you do that? There would need to be a technological change in the background to suddenly make that process easier because if they're going to rhythmically do that, that has to have been a smooth process. Second, the dungeon's getting removed. Why? Why would the dungeon not be compatible with the version of Destiny in November? Why? And then they said... The la- I really do. I, re- I reread this in the 10 minute video and I think this language is very important. They could have very easily simply said Destiny 2 will be optimized for the Series X. That is not what they said. They said we will be releasing a version of Destiny 2 that will be optimized for Xbox Series X. So the, oh, Destiny 2 will be optimized. They said that for the PS4 Pro. This is, they're, they're using that word I think very intentionally. A, a new version. Now, 
do you want to go all the way down the line and say it's going to be the slip space engine <laughs> I don't know and Microsoft has been porting the game for Bungie in the background and Microsoft's going to be a development partner like I think that's like the highest echelon of prediction and I think that's the one that's going to be harder to see come to fruition because that's a tall order to do I think at the very bottom rung though you can at least safely say there will be some level of engine update uh, even the trailer itself, I think, points to something different about the game. I, Wolverine, do you want to weigh in on this? I mean, do you have any thoughts about I, the engine change? I mean, I agree. I I haven't uh, dwelled too much on the uh, the engine change. I, I I mean, I have to assume. Look, we're throwing grenades on walls. Like something something has to change internally where there's they have to make up for for either you know more frames. For, whatever the case may be i definitely i uh, have to agree on the topic 100 percent. like something we, we could speculate all day and spitball what exactly that change could look like but you know to to assume that it, if they are getting into bed uh so to speak with microsoft it, they, they gotta be helping you know, with with the hardware and more internally and, and and just how the game just flows and runs yeah you, you one would assume one would assume well, and I like I, I somebody highlighted this the other day. Um, the grenades on the walls, and it was in uh, it was in a VIP call-in session. I forget who it was, but I, it, it might have been fish, kind of fishy. I, I and techno. I think they both highlighted that that that's that's a physical change in the game. We can't do deployables that have that take up physical space. Both the rally barricade and and the uh, towering barricade. I think the sword might actually be there in the in the war in the in the in the dawn. Um, what's it called? <laughs> the uh, <laughs> what's this? What's the warlock super? It just left my brain. Oh. Well of radiance. I I think the sword's actually there because I think I've shot it and blown myself up before. But for the most part, we don't have a lot of physical. We don't have really any. So the fact that we're literally creating walls that can be stood upon and be shot, they're going to be physically there. Yeah, I, I think that's another good thing to highlight that I always forget to highlight. I, I definitely think stasis in general, just being able to freeze the entire board of who whatever it could look like. You know, just just imagine walking into Shiro Cheese encounter right now and just freezing all those thrall. It's just be wild. Yeah, yeah. That that's gonna play an interesting part in how often we can do it, how much it's going to mess with, you know, ad saturation. Is Bungie going to feel like they got to make more reckoning content where they just, you know, water faucet, just boom, so many ads because, well, you can freeze them now. So, but I, I do think the more we look at this and in the, in the coming months, I would hope we would get more insight into what is this new version on Xbox really going to look like is that going to do anything for PC? Because somebody in chat said, "Oh, I think it's just going to be the PC version." I, uh, I don't, I, I don't. Think that's part of it, to be honest with you, and that's another big reason of I should have alluded to that. Ask it when you asked about um, another reason why I was interested on the topic because I the whole reason why I feel that this integration will be best suited for Microsoft to be able to to reach their hand into the anti-cheat system is because they're going to be able to trust this game to run on uh, Game Pass Ultimate and be utilized by Xbox users on the computer. Yeah. So if that does come to fruition, then I absolutely do believe that Microsoft will be thoroughly involved in the anti-cheat. But until we see it in the actual store of the PC, we'll, 
we'll be able to speculate more yeah some people said you can have game pass games but they'll be in steam as well so i think that we would stay in steam but i would like to see that i would like to see that integration and then microsoft you know leaning leaning in with the uh with the anti-cheat i think would be important nova hands with the next question do you anticipate the hardcore players who buy destiny every year moving toward the game pass subscription service or do you think that this will be more geared towards brand new players who is the target audience i i think there's going to be a lot of people that are taking the economic route here and saying game pass is cheaper i get i get beyond light and then i gotta spend 10 bucks to get the season Right now, somebody might think long term. Well, you know, after six months, I'm actually, I'm actually not saving money, right? Like, eventually, you're you're losing. But I do think there'll be some economic, like, thoughtful people here that'll say, I can spend this. I get Beyond Light basically for cheaper than then ten bucks for the season pass, and then I get a bunch more games to play for my kids or for my brother or whatever. In addition, I would say that a large portion of the target with this is new players who already have game pass you know like this idea that i i have game pass so i'm gonna i'm gonna go check out destiny right thank you rain173 for clicking the join button and becoming a member because plenty of people have the subscription they'll be like yo that beyond light looks pretty hot man destiny's looking like it's really turning a corner i'm gonna jump in it's feeling like almost like a taken king kind of moment like yeah the franchise is really turning it up and i can jump in for free if i have game pass it's not free but you get what i'm saying if they're already paying you know I, could there be another audience target that i'm not considering here wolverine that isn't that isn't uh you know new or existing or hardcore I definitely don't think you're missing any. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Economics, like this is just another one of those things that make it cost efficient to to entertain yourself. Netflix, Hulu, you know, we got HBO Max. We got all types of different, uh, you know, the, the, the Peacock Network on NBC. We could go down a list on just uh, efficient buys where people can just entertain themselves and, and this really does fall into that spectrum and um, some people don't like it because they like to own their games and I completely get that I've, I've had the same gamer tag since its inauguration in 2002 I get wanting to own something and feeling attached but um, this you can still purchase the games if you really feel attached to them, but this is just this gets you to to broaden your horizons and and try new games. You know, there mm-hmm. might be a small developer that you have no no idea about. They might put a great game on, and uh, one game you always mention that's in the Game Pass, and and I really feel that it without the Game Pass, this game wouldn't have been as successful as it was. Ori, mm-hmm. I feel that game got so much clout because of of the accessibility through Game Pass. Well, and they were really smart about it too, right? Like the Ori when it first launched actually kind of surprised everybody at the VGAs, at the Video Game Awards. It got it 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 got so much even if it didn't win all of its categories, the number of nominations was absurd. People like 100%. what where did this little studio come from? And then very smartly, they threw Ori into Game Pass right before the sequel came out. So it got all these fans of of Ori. So it it's such a good like marketing push and injection for some of the smaller studios and and even for a studio bungee size, you know? It's it's a really really great way to get people into your game. 
you know, and economically for Ori's take is that people were intrigued. People wanted to try it. I I, I felt a lot of similarities uh, to Cuphead. You know, people mm-hmm. were intrigued by that game, but they, you know, they weren't certain if they wanted to drop twenty-five to thirty dollars, whatever it was, when it came out, for a game that was just, you know, the, the for the lack of a better term, a, a toilet game that you actually sit sit at and play at for a long period of time. But when you have that game in Game Pass, and you're just gonna touch it, people are gonna go, wait, this isn't a toilet game. This is actually a fun game, and I, I would have paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where I think you'll start to see some uh, it creativity with monetization. I think Bungie's got it right. You know, hey, you get the expansion for free, but then you got to buy the seasonal content. And what other games will have to take similar mindsets. Like if you want to get the rest, uh, or you know, expand upon it, or even microtransactions. And there was concerns about that in the chat. They were like, oh, isn't this just going to turn everything into like? oh, it's just a chintzy game, it's free, and then they're just going to try and squeeze the micros out of it. And I'm like, I don't know. If you get the game, if you get free access to a game through Game Pass, it's got to be really, really good, or you're not going to spend a dime in it. And so that, I think, puts actually some pressure on developers to create really, really stellar game experiences, else you won't, you or you won't capture people. They'll be like, I don't like this. I Especially... If you don't, if you don't have a, a dog in the fight, as I said earlier, if you pay for the game, you're gonna give it a little bit more time. You're like, well, I'm gonna try and get my money out of this, I, I, you know. But if if it's free and after an hour you're kind of irritated or not enjoying yourself, you'll just drop it. You know. So games, games Agreed. that throw themselves in the game pass have got to be great from the beginning, or, or they won't capture you and won't be able to make money off of you. So. You guys in the Discord chat need to... What is happening in there? You all need to settle down. MG Avenger. With Microsoft looking to be close partner, a close partner again, do you think outsourcing to Microsoft-owned studios could be on the table for seasonal content? Absolutely. I absolutely think this is a possibility. I've said this very many times. Bungie seems to be at their best when they can lean on other development companies, and it's because of the rhythm of content that we demand as a community. Right? It's not because Bungie stinks or it's too slow. It's like literally the only way to keep up with our demand and our player habits, you have to have somebody else shouldering the burden of the rhythmic delivery of content. That's why VV and High Moon were brought in. I mean, I think Activision and Bungie basically were like, this isn't going to work unless we get something, somebody to help. You know? And look, Borderlands did that with Borderlands 2. A lot of those really, really good DLCs were not developed by Gearbox. Uh, I know for a fact the pirate one wasn't. And that was a big, huge, open, new new vehicle, bosses, cool weapons, great questing, amazing music. You know, it was actually one of my least favorite. But from a quality standpoint, it was amazing. And it wasn't developed by Gearbox. So I would not be surprised at all if this is part of the structure going forward. Microsoft could have assisted with whatever optimization or engine update or whatever they were doing, and now you have a team of people at Microsoft that can be tasked with creating great content. Because as I said, Microsoft has a vested interest in Destiny 2 being amazing. If it's part of the Game Pass package, they want it to be awesome. And if they're leaning in and helping make it awesome and helping making the delivery of content awesome, then that keeps more people on Game Pass. They make money from that. I mean, what do you... What do you think here? Is this out of Wolverine? Is this out of the question that they would ever work with them and have them developing, you know, content no, for Destiny? I, I, 
I think that's you know it's 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 almost a question he knew that it, it almost he knew the answer to because it it almost it makes it so plausible and um, it opens the door for for new content developers to make the seasonal uh, you know structure and and just looking at the past few seasons and and you've you've been playing destiny 2 longer than i have in terms of the hiatus that i took off so i took off between curse of osiris and then i came back at dawn so i missed that entire gap so i didn't get to really take on the menagerie and the opulent season when it first came out and and from what i heard it was just one of the best seasons there was and it's still like you know notoriously known for being one of the best i uh you're not going to please everybody and you just you you hope that they can hit it out of the park if if they do get the opportunity because it's it's nice to see everyone's different take on a game that we all appreciate and if they do hit it out of the park then it's just something that we get to talk about in the future yeah and i i just have a hard time seeing bungie getting gear four off the ground and having it run well if they had to put so many eggs in the basket of beyond light to the point that beyond light got delayed and during and during the pandemic right i i'm having a hard time seeing them getting through year four without somebody helping without them tasking someone either like microsoft or another studio to assist it 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 seems difficult i think to picture that uh as a possibility just in light of everything And, and and again if if beyond light is essentially what was meant to be a d3 launching pad it'll be substantive and that means a lot of folks have been working on it which means a lot of folks couldn't be working on seasonal content you know and i think i think there's definitely a uh, a good good theory to see that the best person for the best you know company for this fit and for this relationship would be microsoft especially. in your opinion and since we're on this topic about uh, having help in terms of creating seasonal mm-hmm content and you've always alluded to this that it was it was like a bare bones crew that was working for most of these seasons and and how much do you really feel personally like was it bare because of the the transition away from uh activision and then obviously covid's covid we all we all know the limitations that that offers but I was always curious, like how bare do you do you really feel they were, and then and then obviously having that support structure, it's only going to be positive. I, I think you can only go up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think year three was because of Activision. I think year three was let's feed the middle of the pack and let's survive. And I think that's what the season pass and the artifact and the seasonal content rotation and how generous everything was. It was very much structured around mid lane and casual player habits. It was not structured around hardcore players at all. Um, I think you saw this the most in Season of Dawn, where the weapons were cool and the story was great. You know, rescuing Sade 14 and Sundial was all was all good. But Stellar, it was, by the way. Stellar. Yeah. But it wasn't structured around hardcore players at all. They're, they they got a month in, they're like, this is awful. And I, that's what I think year three was. It was let's feed the middle let's let's push out a minimum viable product an mvp minimum viable product something that's playable and drops loot and works for the middle of the pack and then as this year was coming to a close luke smith is like we haven't been feeding aspirational content 
we haven't been feeding the top of the game and we're going to change that in year four and he kind of kicked off that director's cut by saying you know he's not driving home from work being like are we going to survive he's now being now he's thinking where can the game go and how do we get there and i think that gives you a picture uh into his view of what they were doing in year three which was we got to survive now i do think that means they took the risk and they sliced off sizable portions of the of the company to work on year four um I think year four is going to be thick and at the very least beyond light will be everything after, um, you know, people in chat are like, well, you know, who at Microsoft would, would be able to assist with this or, or, or that. Listen, Microsoft owns a bunch of studios now. Okay. So the, the, we don't know there could have been studios hired to literally help build Halo. And then once they were done, they suddenly start helping with a season for destiny. Let's imagine destiny's in the slip space engine by some crazy miracle they port the whole game or whatever then microsoft has studios that they own that could potentially shoulder that i don't know i don't know internally maybe 343 maybe maybe portions of 343 were sliced off i i don't know i don't know but i i definitely think bungie's always at their best when they have a development partner and i hope for year four five and six that's a reality right that's a reality that will really really help the game not just like flourish but have like a stable upward trajectory i don't want any more season of drifters i don't want any more season of the worthy you know those yeah, were so rough I say that 100 yeah those were so rough and i think those were those were even i mean drifter happened when they had development partners you know <laughs> it's it's it in and Ooh. the thing the thing about drifter just is drifter clarification actually, just for Go clarification pur- purposes, what what was Drifter about? I wasn't part of Drifter. Drifter was actually not that bad with respect to substance. Uh, there was a whole new game mode called Reckoning. They added a new version of Gambit called Gambit Prime. And because it was so, so heavily focused on Gambit Prime and Gambit and Reckoning um, was kind of was kind of rough because of the way they built it. Um, nobody liked the season because it was essentially, it was very narrow. And the PVE non-Gambit option wasn't built very well. Gambit, I'm sorry, Reckoning when it launched was highly criticized. Uh, the fail rate and the... Was it really difficult? Uh, that's you, what I've heard. I've, I've done it, uh, yeah. obviously, since since coming back, but I just heard it being a little difficult at launch. Yeah, they've changed it. It's a lot easier now. They had to tone some of it back. The reason they had to tone some of it back is it was essentially built around super spam. If you ran a couple of exotics and just spam supers, um, I had, you know, Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, and I basically had a Nova the whole time. Every time we would get to the checkpoint, I would stand in someone's well and just Nova and get it back and Nova and get it back and and, and Tethers. Um, you know, Orpheus Rake's Tethers were huge there too. And because of that, it felt really unenjoyable. It's like, you have to play it in this particular way. It's basically a waterfall of ads and you get knocked off the bridge, you fail. Like the window, the window uh, for success was narrow. You miss a couple of seconds because somebody dies, you go back and res or something and you literally fail the encounter and got to start over. And the drop rate was atrocious. Like it was so hard to get loot. So it had a lot of things that, that were bad about it. If, if Drifter would have been... If, if all, all the work they put in the Gambit Prime would have been put into another content loop, and if Reckoning wouldn't have been basically like a response to our power, Drifter actually wouldn't have been that bad with respect to substance, because the loot was cool, and all the aesthetics were cool, but the content didn't deliver quality. And so, 
you know that happened when they had development partners um that felt like a bad bet they placed a bad bet on the table you know luke smith talked about with with um parallel development they're working on drifter and opulence at the same time so they're placing simultaneous bets so after black armory drifter comes and people are like this is so bad armory was so much better it was so much more rewarding and the intentionality was better this is awful well they're placing simultaneous bets and they just they they really really struck out on drifter um and i think worthy season of the worthy was literally just a, i think that was a skeleton crew deal uh season i don't know I, I, that felt yeah that's that's the term you use skeleton crows I, I i wanted you to emphasize on that and, and 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 like did you just feel that it was just you know the core you know bungee team and then not really any help or any other parts of that uh development crew that just didn't have an input i know i know i just i wrote uh, i just wrote dark sider said he really enjoyed season of worthy and i think there were some positives to take away season of worthy i think yeah. the war mine builds were actually kind of fun mm-hmm. i i i i'm a, as a hunter man i don't really use the arc subclass just kind of out of preference i'm just not a fan of arc i really wasn't even a fan of arc in destiny one i i thought uh the blades uh with arc the arc strider dance i can't remember the name of it uh, blade dancer blade dancer yeah i thought it was so cheesy <laughs> i thought it was so cheesy and um i felt that season of worthy with the shinobu's uh unison and being able to get your grenade back actually wasn't that bad it made the content kind of kind of fun on a pve level and I, I was able to make a pve build and i don't get to do that at often in this game because a lot of my pvp builds i could use the same armor because they're high recovery high intellect rolls and i can utilize them for pvp so i i was actually able to to target something and, and and go for it pve wise which it was a little fun so I, I can defend some parts of worthy but other parts you know we, we could all get to a consensus that it probably wasn't the best season yeah and i don't know the inner workings of bungie so i don't know how many people they put in charge i you know it, i just think it's even if we don't have cameras in the offices and have like a, a spreadsheet of you know who worked on what and how many people were assigned and all this it it was just pretty clear that that season didn't get a lot of love or depth it definitely seemed i am still of the opinion that the tower event was meant to be in warmind and couldn't be finished in time and got shelled it it feels like year really? one yes it feels like year one wow. destiny content well um, just considering that it is the uh the almighty i definitely can agree to that absolutely absolutely well it had it, it it was just like escalation protocol right it was a public space event you initiate by walking up to a thing no matchmaking it's you know it's failable like it it had a lot of characteristic markers and i and and can and it matched up with a lot of escalation protocols design elements and we know internally uh somebody that went to bungie and spoke with the guys from vv vv basically looked at um they looked at Curse of Osiris and how it was highly criticized, and Escalation Protocol was a late ad. They developed that as like a we gotta have an actual content loop. An activity is what they wanted. We need an activity. And so Escalation Protocol was a late ad. And my theory is that once they came up with the bones of Escalation Protocol, Vicarious Visions built that. I think Bungie was tasked with coming up with 
companion events for the other planets and they didn't end up using it and so that's where I feel like Season of the Worthy was such a kick the can down the road like just get something out pull out the tower event and launch it the tower event didn't even feel like it didn't feel like Vex Offensive it didn't feel like Sundial suddenly it had all of the new value markers gone it felt like year one and um, even, even the contact public event doesn't it feel like a companion event for Drifter and they shelved it maybe because it's like it again is failable and mm. you know no matchmaking it feels like a step back in time I'm not saying that it is a companion event I'm saying the bones of it maybe they were yeah. coming up with a concept and just couldn't get it done and shelved it I don't know not even a little wheezy we're killing stuff in banking modes and summoning a boss I, just the fact that you can do it alone, I feel I, I feel where he might be put, uh, coming from is the fact that you could go in there by yourself and just wreck house. You couldn't do that in, in, in Worthy's event in the towers. You, you would get stomped. You get two, barely even get the first tower up. Uh, it's It was ugly. So I, I think may, maybe he probably feels it's easier to do uh, at an alone basis. I don't know. I was just thinking the core element of the modes and the banking station and can can it be soloed with like number one when it first launched I don't think folks were soloing it because there was a delta but also sure 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 can you solo it without the guillotine would be my question like I was using Acrius and just wrecking house oh really well <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it still melts them because being at a high power level does help as well but you know you get right up on those champions with Acrius and you'll, you'll wreck them well I I think the point I was trying to make wasn't that it the tower event and, and contact are similar in difficulty it was more that they seem tied to something else that took place like the bare bones of it might have been built and they decided not to use it like a companion <laughs> event to gambit they might have been like yeah let's do it and then they decided not to let's use reckoning this isn't really ready yeah obviously it's and easier i agree with than, that than, than worthy i i agree with that based on the the foundation that it's not match made <laughs> the fact that you just walk in there and you just do it just just that whole that whole premise i, I that's that's where I, I agree with that i feel just that whole act of doing it by yourself or it's possible or you you don't match make for it 100 percent. yeah yeah so interesting discussion on that we're gonna move on to the next question maddie the ace uh people's dad bot or dad mod sorry um when you'd make really long names in discord it's gonna mess up the capture but that's okay uh do you think this is where there's smoke there's fire thing that we've been hearing bungie microsoft talking about or do you think there is more on the horizon no i'm gonna say no to daddy's dedicated servers luke smith made that pretty clear in his interview that dedicated servers is not on the horizon at a at an engine level and again this could have something to do with the new engine or whatever but it it, it's not even at an engine level this game is built on like the idea of peer-to-peer the way the planets are structured so let's say they go to a brand new engine and that engine can't interact with dedicated servers okay that doesn't mean the inner workings of the game are built for that okay because the way instancing works when going from one section to another that's in the public space that's in strikes that's in raids every single piece of content would have to have like the background 
netcode architecture completely rebuilt if they went to dedicated servers now porting the game to a new engine or updating the engine that's different than literally rebuilding the actual scaffolding of every single piece of content in destiny I think that's different than porting. I'm a little bit of an armchair here. I'm not a developer, but I can't, I, I can't see Deddy's coming. As far as is, if, if this is a, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you think there's more on the horizon? I do. I think there's more substantive information to follow about what they're doing at an engine level to Destiny. Why that's I can see a vid doc, Vidoc, coming out that outlines why they're able to make content faster, why they're doing the DCV, what they did to the engine to get these cooler effects and cooler things going on. Um, I, I, yeah, I think there's more. Uh, do you think there's more to be announced, Wolverine, or is it was it just Game Pass uh, xCloud? Between the comment you just made saying armchair, you know, I'm as layman as they get it. You know, it's just... Uh, I, I love the DCV, you know, concept. I, I feel that we could all pretty much get the gist on why it's being created the game's just too big but it, it along with that it's just it's a it's another way of them returning content and uh maybe even putting in new content by taking some of the newer stuff out that's not getting much love and then adding in new stuff just like they alluded to so yeah wheezy says i think the reason i don't think is a new engine is the simple fact that we can't get dedicated servers um I highly doubt any new engines, especially Slipstream, can't interact with dedicated servers. I think we're just seeing an upgraded engine more and more. I don't disagree with you, Wheezy, but as I said, if they figured out a way to port it to Slipstream or significantly update the engine, whichever thing happened, I think in both those scenarios, you have areas of the game that from the ground up, strikes, public space, raids, all of it, it's all peer-to-peer instance-based. So it would be more than just a port or an engine update, it would be a complete rebuilding of the entire game. Um, so, and Lightleaf thinks there's no way they, they built a new engine in a year. We're just going to see upgrades for the Series X. I'm telling you what, the footage we saw in that trailer looks better than what I get on PC. So that seems strange. If I want to get that cool, if I want to get that smooth fluidity, I'm going to have to go to a console. I don't know. I don't know. I, what does he mean by upgrade? You know, that's a very broad term because we saw upgrades for the Xbox One X. I, I think, you know, when we say upgrade, it's something substantial. You know, the, the being able to have 60 frames FOV on a console is just it's just the beginning of just the positivity that comes in and, and changes that we can see within the consoles. We're, yeah. we're, we're, to, we're knocking on the door of cross-platform with most games, and that's great news. Yeah. Call of Duty's been running on the same engine since the first. I thought they changed engines recently because they were on the old Quake 3 engine and they changed it and updated it and renamed it. I thought they completely jettisoned that engine. I, d- I didn't know they were still using the old Quake 3 engine. Um, that's that's If that thing is still... If that is still the bare bare bones background of the of the engine for call of duty that's insane to me it's a new engine i thought they in one of the most recent releases they completely abandoned that old quake 3 that thing was probably being held together by duct tape i mean that that was an ancient ancient engine there's no way when that engine was built the concept of what they've done with warzone and all these areas like the Quake 3 engine, I don't even think game makers back then could have conceived of a game with like a hundred people and you know, Battle Royale. It was a 
it was a very different time when when uh, ID Software was making that. So it was the new Call of Duty was created in an all new engine. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Ink Toxicant with the next question: With the new consoles requiring time to learn for development, do you think Microsoft has done an engine retool for Bungie instead of an overhaul? I can imagine the new engine release coming with a later DLC being our cutoff point for old hardware. We're going to get really, really bogged down with a lot of the different... We can all make different predictions. I like this one, though. The idea that it's a retool because of the new console and maybe a benefit from that enable them to do the DCV. I feel like the DCV is not possible unless there was a technological change in the background. What? Why would you not just create new areas instead of having to go back and recreate one-to-one Cosmodrome, recreate one-to-one Sepix Prime Strike and and Vogue? Those are all things they've traditionally said are really hard to do and slow. I, why would you sign up for that unless somewhere along the lines, whether it was a retool by Bungie or I'm sorry by by Microsoft or some sort of an update to Tiger where they realized, oh wow. It's actually going to be easy to port stuff over from D1. That'd be a really great way to bolster the content. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're gonna exhaust this subject a lot. You know, going, going forward because there's so many different theories floating around. Do you have anything to say in response to what Ink Toxic just put out? Uh, you know, we've, we've been touching this. You know, we know that there's change. We've been speculating on change. The only thing that we have to say is the what. And that's just a time game at this point. And we can speculate with a little bit of an educated guess when newer things like what just recently came out with the Game Pass announcement. We, yeah, we could make better educated guesses on what we think the future might look like. But until then, it's just, you know, it's a waiting game. Yeah. But, but excellent question regardless, because it, 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 it's, stimu- it's stimulating our thoughts on the topic. Yeah. The DCV has nothing to do with a new engine. I, I don't agree with that. I think the DCV has I, a lot can. to do. I, I have to agree with you. It's just look look at all the content they're putting back there, and then they have to reintegrate Destiny 1 content. They're skipping a whole generation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they're skipping the Xbox One X generation for Destiny 1 content, and they're going straight into the Series X. It, it, that, there, there has to be some sort of upgrade. I, I can't speak to what that upgrade might look like, but you, you, come on. It, it just has to be. Yeah, because it, I, I don't know. It would just be weird for them to say both publicly and we heard privately that you know bringing D one content over is really slow and difficult. Well, then what changed? What changed? You're literally talking about bringing back an entire planet, Cosmodrome, strikes, and a, and a raid. I, I don't know. I don't know why you would sign up for that. I can explain it in the call. It has nothing to do with the engine upgrade, but something else. Really. Well, why, you save that for VIP, Darksider. You call in with that if you can. Stick around. I'm, I'll pull you yeah, in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull you in right now. I'm, I'm curious his take. Absolutely. It's just like something has to be happening behind the scenes to make that old content relived, refashioned for, for now. It's, it's Something has to happen. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's just the trailer being at 60 FPS lightly because I play at 120. <laughs> I play at 120, 14, like 1440, 120, and I, I, I don't, I don't see shank movement 
like that. I don't see particle movement like that. I was shooting some hive and they're little busting off in pieces and it all seems so canned. Not independent physical movement. I'm not talking about post-processing either. The movement of the ice particles, there is an in, there is a physical independence there that feels unique and not and I've not seen that before. Same thing with the shank movement. I'm telling you, it doesn't feel like a post-processing. It feels like there's something happening at a physical level. So, agree to disagree. You see it as post-processing, smoother, all of that. You know, V-Sync, it doesn't... Well, for the long time, I didn't play with V-Sync. I played 144, no V-Sync, and it didn't look like that. I I don't know. Uh, Darksider, who is chiming in in the Discord, has the next question. Do you think with Bungie partnering with Microsoft that Microsoft will provide Destiny with proper anti-cheat? Unfortunately, this is a bit of a repeat that we've already touched on, so we're going to have to glide over this one. We don't want to keep beating some of these horses. Uh, We basically said maybe, hopefully, and that's kind of where we have to leave it because, you know, they do the easy anti-cheat integration with Halo, and we're hoping we see something like that. Even if it's just something I touched on something that, ahead, that probably is it, it just in relation to this, just because we haven't mentioned it on this particular topic. While while we moved on, I did look at Steam and you could get the Master Chief Collection and Gears of War through Steam. But those are two games offered through Xbox's Game Pass through the Ultimate more specifically. So meaning that if you have your Xbox account connected to your PC, you could play that game on pc so you'll be playing with other pc users so i i just i i feel it gives more credence to the fact that we we are most likely going to see some collaboration and some better anti-cheat i really pray to god but i i'm, I'm confident with this this unison yeah well and i think that's the big that's the big concern right now is that if it's not that then what will they do like if they don't do anything with Microsoft, if we don't get easy anti-cheat, then what what are we going to get? What what are we going to see, if, if anything? Or is it just going to be continually like, well, we're doing stuff in the background. Gee, many Christmas, that just isn't working very well, you know? And here, here's another thing we haven't even considered is, you know, Game Pass starts to fold more players in you know, ultimate game pass owners, you start folding more players in on PC and they, they go in and have a, and have a, uh, a bad experience against cheaters. That's another thing to consider is November is another time to open up that funnel and get new people into destiny. And man, oh man, that is, uh, that's risky to bring Pete to fold people in and have a bad experience with cheating. Cause it's, I've seen people tweeting about it. It's not just in trials. It's also in quick play. I'm seeing people who have built their channels on trials being like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing carries. I'm not going to do trials on PC. Like, they're just not doing it. And, it, you know, I, you you fold a new player into that and they're going to be like, what on earth? <laughs> where's where's the anti-cheat? Yeah, all they need to do is just walk around and get uh, aim-botted by someone and they'll have a completely different taste of what PvP is like at I I could agree. I agree. Yeah, Anthem 2.0 concept art is all over Twitter. I'm telling you, man. I've been saying it for a while, and people think I'm crazy. Anthem can have a No Man's Sky moment. I believe they can. I really do. People are like, that game is terrible. I'm telling you right now, they it can has have to lift itself up from a very big hole. You have to admit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They do, and so did No Man's Sky. I'm telling okay. you. I don't know. I don't think I know that story. 
with No Man's Sky. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I get the reference. It's probably one that lifted themselves up, resurrected themselves from the dead. But yeah, what, what exactly, what exactly happened briefly? Extremely poor reception from its launch. It, I think it had like a forty percent on Steam. Um, its recent reviews are in the eighties and ninety percent on Steam. They completely uh, reinvented the game. I mean, added so much. It's, it's probably the only game right now you can play and and do what you do in that which is explore planets build uh cre- you know create your own little space station area trade routes get a get a get a frigate get you know get uh vehicles like it basically is a completely different game now um so I- i've I've always pointed to that, and Destiny 1, similar, with, with Taken King, Destiny 2 with Forsaken, Division, I mean, Division struggled, but Division 1.8. They're still seesawing, yeah, but they, they were lifted a little bit towards the end of Division 1 because of that update, yeah, yeah. I think games are proving that they can reinvent themselves, and I believe Anthem can do it. I've always said the path forward for Anthem is, you, you I called it Anthem Genesis, you would basically reboot the entire game. You would start all the way over. Now you would give players the choice, obviously, like go and go through this portal. And when you do, you know, the anthem of creation is basically going to reset everything. Time would reset. Everything that you had done would be undone. It would be a whole new storyline. And it would be done through the lore of the game, the anthem of creation. And make it free. You just make it free. You have to. <laughs> uh, make it free. Call it Anthem Genesis. Reboot the whole dadgum game. Because the gameplay loop is so satisfying. The, the flying and combat in that game you can't play another game like that right now it's so enjoyable um, the, the flying seemed very fluid I never played it I it, it, it crashed so quickly that I couldn't even have the time to even contemplate <laughs> even yeah. getting it uh, someone made a comparison to me even that I when I asked about it they said it's as vast as, as vast as an ocean but shallow as a puddle pretty much yeah and, pretty, pretty much uh, and I, I i thought it had so much potential because we were i think we were coming off of you know the 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 hype of all the avengers movies and that it to be able to just put your put your palms down and boost up it was just like that was just on everybody's mind so i i thought it had great potential when it came out it, it sucks to see what happened to it but if, if it is able to resurrect itself hey you know and to be free absolutely Maybe yeah. it could be another Game Pass exclusive if they felt confident with those numbers. Yeah, I mean, somebody in chat saying the problem is games are going to start to rely on this, put it out and rebuild it later. I don't think so. Do you have any idea how risky that is to do? The idea that you, oh, well, let's launch crap and fix it later. I mean, it, that is, that's, you can literally go bankrupt as a company doing that. I, I can't see that becoming... That that always that's always the subject here. We shouldn't give these games a second chance because that's going to become the status quo. Shove out crap and fix it later. I got news for you. I don't think developers or publishers are going to take that as like a. I got an idea, guys. Let's just launch it crappy and we'll fix it later. Like that, that you can lose. You can come to financial ruin with that business strategy. There is no way companies are going to start to do that because of no man's because a couple of of Cinderella, you know, stories of like these games that come back and and pull themselves up out. I don't I don't see a lot of companies being like, what? No, that's our I new business strategy. That. Not at all. But I definitely think that some thought process goes into that whole push where we're like, all right, well, we have this other content. Let's stretch it. Let's stretch right. this. Let's not put this all in in year one of whatever game we're talking about. And I think they might 
overlook and think they have so much content in year one, but they 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 underestimate gamers a lot. And 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 I I really do feel that some developers they truly underestimate gamers. People will put it in a game and will grind it out not move not do anything and, and just beat it into the ground and and they will do it faster than most and if the when more people are doing that and, and giving you feedback saying that this is there's not hit much here there's no content that stretching mentality it, it just it, it, it crumbles really quickly yeah yeah it's um the article recently that talked about Halo Infinite's gameplay referenced that that line from Lord of the Rings. I feel like butter, you know, spread out over too much bread, and I do think games could start to do that. You just spread it way too thin, and uh, that that could be the result here of oh, we can launch an MVP and really stretch out the content and make it be really really thin. I think play, I think I think companies are going to learn very quickly that doesn't work. You if that core audience feels starved, they'll walk away. Uh, unless the gameplay loop is super, super satisfying. I think Bungie gets away with with feeding hardcore players what f- what feels like meager offerings because of the way that we play. They get away with it because the gameplay loop is just so satisfying and you can't get anywhere else. Um, so... Next question from Mr. Hambrolo says, Bungie are including everything up to and as well as Beyond Light, but not the season pass. This is normal for games just being added. Do you think Bungie added it as an accessibility for cloud gaming? They already opted into GeForce now. I, I, I'm telling you, I just, I think that there's more going on here. Um, there's more going on here than just, well, we, you know, we want to have X Cloud and we want to be on the game pass. We want to get more players in our game. I think this is part of a bigger deal with Microsoft. Um, and I know people are, are, are going to get tired of me being conspiracy theorists here, but there have been way too many breadcrumbs. There's been way too many like tweeting back and forth at each other for it to literally be like, this is it game game pass and X cloud. Like to a certain extent, that was kind of a gimme. You were going to update the game for in the, the Xbox series X you were gonna, you were gonna probably try to tap into play anywhere X Cloud or maybe even Game Pass. Like those feel like gimmies that I, I, I don't think that they would do all this public posturing and tweeting, and then the result is that's it. That's all they were really working on. I think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg here, and I mean, and. Am I am I overstating it, Wolverine? Like, do you think this is just about accessibility and cloud gaming, and that's it? There's nothing else. No, going on no, I, I don't. I don't think you're a conspiracy theorist about the whole relationship. Uh, like I, I said in the beginning, this is something that you've you have been talking about, and it's just gotten more and more close to that. And I feel that people, if they if they do question it, they should just questions what a deal could look like not the fact that it's actually happening anymore or the fact that they aren't in the same house together because they definitely are uh looking at it from you know an an economic standpoint and 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 as a business standpoint if you look at it uh microsoft could approach testing like this this is obviously hypothetical of course but uh, it, it could have some credence uh they could have said to bungie let's let's make let's put your game in the game pass let's put your newest title uh beyond light expansion let's make that free but well you'll still have your your season pass element that you utilize but with that trade-off microsoft is able to give them the support they they 
didn't have before. They said, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. Just make this game free and we'll turn it into a profit for you in the long run when you have things like seasonal pass, when you have things that you uh, also in, uh, offer through uh, monetization, whatever that may be. But I, I just feel that it, that uh, contract definitely weighed in on the fact of you give me this, we give you this, and we'll both make out in the clear in terms of monetization wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, I think they both want to benefit from this, which is why that's why I think there's more going on than just like, yeah, we'll get you on the game pass on X cloud. Like, no, I, I think there's more yeah. going on. I, I think 100%. they, I think like they both it. have, yeah, a vested <laughs> interest in D2 doing well for, for Bungie to say, let's put out this content, this new brand new content, regardless of what's in the season pass, that brand new game for free they had to have been getting something big in return that they would have validated in their minds be like that's inex you know inexpensive that's that's a that's an asset that we need that we can't pay for it's invaluable yeah. that's the word i was looking for invaluable yeah yeah those are good thoughts clap for you with the next question we're we got to move maybe a little bit <clears throat> a little bit quicker here especially if we have any repeats uh because we're we're only we're not even halfway through yet do you feel uh with this reunited relationship comments like ever evolving game that we see new planets in the future content along with the replacement of the planets left behind i actually think yes they're removing so much there's no way all we get is europa and Cosmodrome. For year four, if that's all we get, I'll be kind of surprised because uh, the Leviathan is equal to probably two planets, maybe more. It's the biggest location in Destiny. It is absolutely absurd in size because uh, the Leviathan has its initial raid and the underbelly, which is enormous. That's like a planet in and of itself. The two raid layers are essentially the size of a planet, if not more. Then there's the menagerie. That's like another planet. Easy. I mean, think of how big the planets are. You go from, you know, Tross land to here, to here, to here, to here, to here. Think of how many places you go in the menagerie or Eater of Worlds or Spire. I mean, just the fan room in Spire. It's the leviathan is absurd it's absurd in size it really is if you think about it that's just gone in addition to io mercury mars titan they're remo- <laughs> they are gutting a huge portion of the game i think people get hung up on like oh it's a couple of small planets no 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 dude they are they're literally removing what feels like over half the game in, as far as like size you know what i mean and so to me you only create a vacancy if you plan to fill it why would they make the why would they make the vacancy that large if for all of year four we get europa and cosmodrome and that's it that doesn't make any sense why not keep those other planets around it's upsetting for people they're like oh my gosh you're removing so much of the game to me you only make a crater sized hole in the game if you plan to fill it because think about this in 2021 when the witch queen rolls around they'll probably shelve some other things they'll be like yeah cosmodrome bye right uh this place over here bye like and then eh, let's bring back you know let's bring back uh titan and io or something you know what i'm saying so i know that europa is potentially going to be the single largest space in the game maybe not as big as leviathan leviathan kind of cheats right because you get all these other tack-ons with menagerie and raid layers you know 
uh, Cosmodrome in and of itself is not that big. It really isn't. It's 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 sizable, but it isn't that big. I don't know what what do you think, uh, Wolverine? Are we getting more than just Europa and Cosmodrome in year four, or are they going to save that room for other years? Well, you know, I, I'm really happy someone brought this up because narrative is was another thing that I felt I, I wanted to talk about, and 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 briefly just in in terms of his question and the planets. I, I think with you know this might be uh, not viewed upon as in light, but I definitely feel that we're going to have a rework of Nessus. Nessus will look the same on the ground, but in terms of what we're doing, the with with uh, what's her name? Um, Savathun. No, 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 no. The 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 NPC on Nessus. I forget her name. Failsafe. Failsafe. Oh. Excuse me. What her her whole narrative uh, jargon? Uh, the two strikes. Uh, the fact that we're still talking to Cade in in one of them. I think uh, we'll be doing different things on Nessus. And I I have said this to a few of my friends, and some of them agreed, some of them haven't. But I I really do feel that we're going to see a return of Venus. I I really do. I yep. I think that Venus in in some way, shape, or form, and and I, I definitely can be wrong on that. But um, I, I and someone just said I don't think Nessus is going away. I think Nessus is staying, but Nessus is going to be different. We're going to be doing different things on Nessus. We're going to be having a different story on Nessus. We're going to be doing different strikes. Maybe maybe not different strikes, but you won't be hearing Cade talking to us. He won't be leading our strikes anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, Vault of Glass, we're either going to enter on Venus or we're going to enter somewhere else. So, you know, it's I feel that with the content vault and being able to bring back year one stuff and, and, and just like you said, uh, how big the Leviathan is and all the content they're removing, there's room. There's a lot of room now. There's a lot of room. And I know Europa is going to be big, but they could take out the Cosmodrome. They could... They could have Nessus just drift away. That's the type of planet it is. I looked up Nessus in our solar system. It is constantly moving within our solar system. It could just move away narratively. It just could not be within our reach anymore. Who knows? It's just, we could speculate and it's fun to speculate. Yeah, yeah. I I actually agree with you that Venus will be coming back. I think it will be... um... I would, I would imagine maybe they'll suddenly try and make springs, a, a, you know, a big, a big season. If not, it would be summer. Like Venus would land in the summer. That's when Vogue would land. They like to do nostalgic content in the summer. That's kind of a pattern with Bungie, with Moments of Triumph, with Age of Triumph, with Solstice of Heroes. A lot of, you know, retreading. But I could see them bringing back Venus. And, and here's what people need to remember. They're like, oh, but we're getting two locations in, in the Witch Queen. Yes. And they said things like the Cosmodrome and things coming out of the DCV, they'll come out and then they'll go back into it. So they could add Venus maybe in the, in the spring because we know that, that Vogue is not coming in 2020. So the earliest we see Venus in Vogue, if Venus is coming with Vogue, would be spring. Well, it might, it might not stay in the game for, you know, it would stay in the game for a year and then they would take it out. Like, there, there is a potential there. Now, I'm not a big fan of, like, Vogue coming in and only lasting for 12 months, but they definitely made it clear that stuff that comes out of the Destiny content vault will eventually probably go back in there. And so that means anything being added is potentially only taking up borrowed space, then eventually it gets cycled back out. We also don't know what their plans are for Nessus 
and the moon and what else is saying dreaming city tangled shore i could see the tangled shore getting shelved in 2021 we don't you, know, you don't need that anymore get out of here dreaming city maybe not but i could see the tangled shore getting shelved along with cosmodrome in the 2021 you know september do, do you think that maybe and and this might be a rough guesstimate do you think they could they could get rid of the EDC and actually keep the Cosmodrome because they said they wanted to rework the Cosmodrome to be the new light entrance. That yeah, that's a really good point. They, they could they could retire the EDC. I think that'd be a well would be weird because EDC seems like this the, you know like the central hub of D2's sure, public sure. space. But as you're saying, if that becomes the new new light entrance, somebody in chat was even asking like, oh, new light players are going to be losing a lot. What are we going to get? in year four well with respect new light players aren't spending any money so i'm not going to lose any sleep over what they lose and and, and, (laughs) and don't get back you you didn't they're getting a lot yeah you haven't spent any money (laughs) you've been free riding for a while if you're literally new light player right now and haven't spent a dime i don't have a huge whole lot of concern new subclasses for free yeah what you get right but i could see them saying they're, they're always going to reach back deep into the game and say, oh, you now get all the shadow keep, you know, for free. Like They, they can always pull pull stuff that's now outdated and throw it into the new light bin. Um, I think they're going to want to keep that as a value point, as an entrance point to the game that has like a lot of stuff in it. But I don't think my concern, and hopefully not Bungie's concern, is not, oh no, whatever shall we do? New light players are getting less content. It's like, are you kidding me? You're you're literally getting an expansion with I think Game they're Pass. incentivizing new light players, to be honest with you. Really? I, they're giving Beyond Light for free. Come play our game. Please, yeah. you're brand new. Please, we're getting brand new stuff. If you like it, there's a season pass. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think they would give Beyond Light to New Light players, though. I think they would give they would give Shadow Keep to New Light players. Like you, you don't isn't. I thought they they structured it that is if let's say I was I just got my new Xbox and I bought the Game Pass and I just started uh, Destiny. I thought when no uh, Beyond Light drops, you're getting that incorporated with the Game Pass. You, oh, you are. You are. We're get, it's, I think we're getting a little confused here because New Light is the free entrance point that I'm imagining like a Sony player could tell, still, still take advantage of. Um, and the person in chat was like, we're, the New Light package is getting really, really thin because of everything that's being retired. So, Oh, okay. Is it like a bundle? Is that what you're referring to? Right. Like right now, you can play Destiny for free. It's called New Light. You, yeah. just, you, you get all this stuff, right? That's okay. that's likely, I would think, still to be a thing for Sony players because they can't get Game Pass. So there will still be a free entrance point on the Sony platform. There will still be a free entrance point, I would think, on Steam for people who don't want the Microsoft Game Pass. And what will that come with? Because New Light's not the same as Beyond Light. I think that's where we were getting confused. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do to New Light. I don't know what New Light's going to look like after November because there are platforms that can't take advantage of the game pass again if if you don't do anything with Microsoft and you have a Steam account I would still think they would want to give you as well as Sony PlayStation players that free entrance point because I think it's I think it's been good for the game so 
All right, next question. Ne- uh, Necrogen. If Microsoft is helping Bungie develop a new engine, do you think it's possible they could combine the best of both D1 and D2 and continue forward with new content? We've kind of touched on this. Uh, I think Necro even said in Discord, like his th- their question got answered uh, earlier in the Q&A. So I'm going to glide over this one to the next. King Keys. With Bungie and Microsoft working together again, do you see Microsoft lending aid further down the road with deadies and bandwidth? Again, this is a repeat. This is one of the advantages to being a VIP and submitting your questions early. On certain subjects, especially this one, it gets harder and harder to come up with an original uh, an original question. So... Agent Atwood, do you believe that PlayStation has any chance of catching up to Xbox with their PS Now service to get good deals on the Destiny Game Pass deal? I, it, it's no, it's okay, King Keys. You guys, I don't expect you guys to read 20, 11, 10, however many questions before submitting. Repeat questions are just going to happen, especially when we do uh, early access through the Discord. So don't, it's not on you. Um, with the PlayStation Now service, I think you would need to see an uptick in quality. I think everybody I've talked to that uses it is like, it's not that good. Um, and I think that's what that's where you would want to really dig in. I don't even see Sony talking about it that often. It doesn't seem like a front burner marketing. If you look at all their marketing for PlayStation 5, I, I didn't see a whisper mention of the PS Now service, which means... In their mind, it's not a centerpiece. It's not a pillar of their content or value offering. If it's not included in any of the marketing, uh, at least I didn't see any when I watched that PlayStation, you know, presser because I was one of the hosts with Twitch. Like, I, I didn't see anything about it. So, have you interacted with PS Now at all, uh, Wolverine? Do you know anything about it? Because I haven't. Personally, no. I have friends that are all uh, for Sony and the Sony train. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I feel like this question came at the perfect time because we were just literally talking about what it will look like on PlayStation and, and how, uh, this game could be given to people in the same fashion that it's given to the game pass owners. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see if that strategy changes for Sony, if they start to see Microsoft edging, you know, edging out certain portions of the market. Again, I don't think, I don't think... Microsoft's going to like outsell Sony console war. I think Sony wins that again just because of the markets that they flourish in being larger markets, but absolutely. Asia is just full of it for sure. They love right. it. Right. And I don't think you can change that, but I there could be portions of the market where Sony's like, "Hey, we're missing out here. We need to put more innovation into into, you know, the PS Now." Maybe that's why they're not talking about it. Maybe they're planning on once PS5s are in saturation, then they start pushing that or something. I don't know. Um, cause it doesn't, it, at the moment, it doesn't seem like anything they're marketing very hard. And Microsoft is all about marketing game pass X cloud, all that, like that's, those are front. Those are right on the front of the marketing. It's, it, those are the, you, you know, they put all these flags up for you to see what they're all about. It's very clear what Microsoft is investing in. So small king do you think that microsoft stating that they're working closely with bungie and uh, or destiny would that be considered exclusivity no i don't think so we've kind of already answered the exclusivity uh thing the only thing that i will say you might get quote unquote exclusivity with is microsoft can set it up so pc and xbox players can play together that's the only thing i could see happening here because the architecture in the background could be all all streamlined because if you're playing through Game Pass on PC, 
you're a you're a Microsoft customer, and exactly. you might you might want to play with your your Xbox homies. That's the only thing I could see being quote unquote exclusive to the to this deal. Gillian the Mist, do you think that the partnership with Microsoft could mean an uptick in content coming in seasons along the lines of year two? We've touched on this. This remains to be seen. If if Bungie either has it through Microsoft or some other developer as a as a as a, a developer partner, because Microsoft owns a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of development teams now, maybe they said, "Hey, we want you guys to help with D two. Um, you're not working on a game right now, or or whatever. Or hey, you did a great job with us and so game. You're familiar with these dev tools. Da-da-da-da-da. Help us optimize Destiny two you know, for Xbox, and then we want you to help with seasonal content. So, we've kind of already touched on that, though. Uh, Hanri Solo. Bungie said in a Q&A that if the game left Game Pass, you would lose the content. Should we be worried this might be a temporary partnership? I, I don't think so. I think they're just trying to be full disclosure. I think anytime they answer questions about that, that's the talking points you have to use. Is that if it leaves Game Pass or you end Game Pass you 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 lose that subscription i mean it's it's possible that 12 months down the line bungie's like maybe bungie's just slightly hedging their bets here maybe they're like look 12 months in we're gonna want to reassess and see was it was it good for us to be on game pass or did we lose money (laughs) like it could be uh it could be a, a yearly contract where they reassess and then they say Okay, yeah, we want Witch Queen on there too. It was really good for us. You know what I mean? What do you think, Wolverine? I uh, yeah, we could just wait to see what the deals bring, what it looks like, how 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 will it look? Um I yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's just it's 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 just the speculation process. It's yeah. waiting to see, you know, what it looked like, how it could look. I uh you you uh, just said it's something they have to disclose. It's I felt uh, used an analogy. It's just what doctors have to tell you what, you know, might be uh, a uh, a symptom of something. And it's just something they have to tell you uh, what could be the ramifications of taking a certain medicine. Just something they have to say just to say it. I don't think they're going to remove it anytime soon on, or anything like that. A new deal could be struck. Sure. I feel like... Uh, there's all kinds of openings and clauses within deals that allow you to, to shop, but it's the part of the speculation game. Yeah, and as Christina in chat saying, you know, they they add and remove games all the time from Game Pass. It's just how the service works, just like Netflix. Yeah, I they could see- have a deal, and they don't. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell us for how many years. We just, you know. well, I could see Bungie even saying, you know, when Witch Queen comes out, you know, Beyond Light becomes free, right? So. If for whatever reason, when Witch Queen comes out, they remove Destiny 2 from Game Pass, you're you're only missing seasonal content, right? But, as they've stipulated, seasonal content has to be purchased. So they could always kind of come behind and be like, you were buying seasonal content, so you don't lose that. If you weren't buying seasonal content, you weren't getting it anyway. And then Beyond Light just becomes free when Witch Queen comes out. And they just decide to be like, no, you know, for Witch Queen and, and for year five, we will no longer be on Game Pass. Like, it doesn't have to be a constant value offer. Um, it could be experimental. And again, it could really be to push this year 
they really want to mushroom the player base because this is supposed to be like this this turning point for Destiny 2 and they see Game Pass as a great way to do to do that to help grow the player base uh, as large as possible we got to remember it's a business as well they want to make money so they got to find the suitable route that's also going to make them you know the the best profit you know that's yep. just the way the way these things work yeah exactly exactly so they may reassess and decide it was great or no we, we lost money on that deal um, or we, we we can we can get more out of it you know they could, it could you know it's a it's a seesaw it's a scale we could see where it goes you know yeah bradley with the next question with destiny 2 becoming more accessible than ever to xbox owners what are the chances that microsoft could help bungie with dedicated servers and bandwidth uh, yeah the anti-cheat bandwidth and dedi- dedicated server question we've gotten uh, 10 times over so it's not your fault bradley repeat questions happen that's one of the reasons people like to jump in the discord as a vip uh vips only get an hour of early access by the way so if you're tier one and up if you're a paying member on patreon or youtube get in the discord so you can get those questions in early i open it up every night so you can avoid you know having your question be a repeat uh mav monk do you think with destiny embracing game pass for microsoft there are the chances it'll happen with playstation as well I, what is so does playstation have it, it, do they have something like this like an extra subscription like throwing it in with ps now or something or does ps now cost anything i don't actually know um I, I believe they have a paid subscription that you can buy i think they have a free service as well if well they I'm have the, yeah they have the playstation plus i don't know if they have something where like you actually get like we you know monthly free games oh they do it, that's that's gonna be up to Sony, you know. I don't know. PS Now is sixty bucks a year. Okay, okay, okay. So maybe, maybe they throw it in the PS Now because you know Sony's like, hey, 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 you know, we wanna we wanna be able to say yes, our platform as well, right? They wanna be like, hey, our platform has that too. You know, we we have the buy the subscription, get all the stuff. You know, M- Microsoft could be really in this case passively putting pressure on Sony to kind of play ball. It's like when you go to Verizon or AT&T for cell phone services, like the, the packages are all identical. They, somehow, right? All the packages, the pricing structure, text messaging, they're all identical. Why? Well, because it, it, that it becomes a race to the bottom. If you don't get sort of like standard features and standard pricing structures in place, it just becomes a race to the bottom, which hurts revenue. So there's almost like this unspoken agreement between the cell phone providers to have basically identical cell phone packages. So it's the same deal here. Like I would think that Sony might say, ah, uh, yeah, we want in on that. We want to, uh, we, we, we want to have the same exact offering that Microsoft has as well. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add there, Wolverine, because this, this this one feels similar uh, to some of the other ones we've talked about. For sure, for sure. They're, they could definitely go in there and ask for the same thing. I, I don't think they'll get the exact same thing. I definitely think, you know, we've, we've been saying this nonstop, that the relationship between the two companies, Microsoft and Bungie, respectively, there's something going on. And, and that something is, is definitely with the hardware, with the software, and I don't think they necessarily might be offering that exact same package, but they might offer a package where putting their game within their service is viable, where Sony can still make their profit and and uh, Bungie can still make theirs without overstepping boundaries with the uh, 
quote unquote contract with Microsoft and, 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 and vice versa, you know, Microsoft cannot want Bungie to reach out to Sony and you know, yeah. it's, we'll just see, we'll, we just, it's just, we'll see. I, I, I hope, I hope Sony gets on board. I hope uh, Bungie offers something to Sony on that nature because we all, I think we all want cross cross platform play. Yeah. It's it's there in so many different aspects. Fortnite, Rocket League. It's just we've wanted it. Uh, Call of Duty. Now it's just we want it. Everyone wants it. Every and and, and the limitations of technology, hardware wise, was what was stopping us. Frame rate, field of view, our field of vision. But it's just these things are knocking on heaven's door proverbally because. We're, we're right there we're ready ready to make that jump and yeah. you know, it's just it's 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 dollar signs right now that's i really feel that's preventing the big picture from happening well and the other thing i hope that happens and i think bungie probably wants this to happen is i think you'd want to be able to slap on the optimized for ps5 you know what i'm saying you want your game to be amazing everywhere like i think they're probably pushing yeah. for that too like let's look at your dev kits let's work with you guys we want this game to be amazing listen bungie is not a is not a slouch in the industry like they have a very very long-standing and successful franchise and they're the makers of halo so like if they come to you and they're like listen we want our game we want that stamp on there we want that little shiny sticker that says optimized for playstation 5 sony would be dumb to say no to that because they actually have the lion's share of the player base they have tons of people playing destiny on their platform it's the largest of the player base now steam kind of dwarfed it for a little bit with free to play and the launch you know late last year there were more people playing on pc but sony is back to being the largest portion of the player base so at the very least i want to see that sticker i want to see that little optimized for playstation 5 because i want the game to be amazing everywhere and probably bungie as and sony does too i mean I, i think everybody has a vested interest in the game looking stellar on all platforms Philbo Laggins. Have you seen the advertisement for Xbox Game Pass on Steam? Do you think this could possibly be a hint at a collaboration more between uh, Game Pass and Steam instead of Microsoft and Bungie? Uh, no. <laughs> I've not seen this. So there's a Game Pass, an Xbox Game Pass advertisement on Steam. I mean, this this is very, very much in line with what I just said. I, I don't know if we, we, need to, we need to go down this rabbit hole because we, we, we don't want to belabor uh, Q&A too long. I... I think all these platforms want to play together because it's good for them. Um, Steam and Microsoft getting along is good for both. <laughs> Mav Monk just mentioned in the chat that he's you know be uh, cautious for having crossplay because he'd be worried about cheating from people on PC. I say and and I say back to him, I feel that the anti-cheat would be at its most stable that it's probably ever been if you unite those those platforms because you're gonna have the utmost security being made sure things are working because you have multiple different facets there's a lot going on i i truly feel that with cross plat or cross anything we will see a viable anti-cheat yeah that's a good point like sony and microsoft to be like no we're not gonna let pc play with our player base unless you get something to lock this down you know we don't want our our customers being affected by the nonsense that's been happening on steam so yeah i agree with that that's actually a really good point that crossplay would probably bring heightened levels of anti-cheat and security because if not sony and microsoft are not gonna let pc touch their player bases uh i I would say crossplay is not gonna happen if at the earliest it wouldn't happen until 
late stage 2021. I um, agree. So we'll, we'll cross our fingers. It's I think the biggest challenge is it's peer to peer. How do you get a Sony account to talk to, talk to a Microsoft account? Because if there's dedicated servers, they're not talking to each other. They're talking to the server. Uh, this is this is true in, in COD. Well, the way and- that Warzone, we, we just said it, Warzone, they 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 have that uh, being utilized where that the the connection and they're talking to each other. So it's just it's a numbers game in terms of code and how how that's utilized. If they do crossplay, they will never force blended lobby, so anti-cheat has no impact on the discussion. That's true. I mean, you you I don't think they would force blended lobbies either. I think you'd have to opt in. Like, hey, you're playing with somebody from PC. Well, you're signing up for blended lobbies. If you're just playing with your buds on Xbox or P- or PlayStation and you're all on that platform, blended lobbies wouldn't happen. The big challenge there would be is, you know, when the player base numbers dip, I think sometimes companies are tempted to force blended lobbies because it speeds up matchmaking time. So I know the, the PvP crowd especially can dip kind of low in the dry spell times, and that would be a concern as well. Ravenous Poro. If we're getting a new engine, why not promote that? I personally feel we're just getting an upgrade. If you are familiar with Bungie's marketing, they're going to save the big, big marketing bombs for later down the road. Luke Smith even said when he did the interview with Jeff Keighley, they're kind of keeping their cards close to the chest right now. Having to delay to November will likely slow the trickle of marketing hype, uh, which is understandable. Um, So I, I would not expect them to lead with this. This would be a vid doc, Vidoc later on that they would probably make and have. If Microsoft is a part of this, it would be a joint effort video where like Phil Spencer would be sitting down with like Pete Parsons and they'd be like, one of the reasons we really wanted to join arms is da 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 da. And you know, it, it would be this big to do. And I think it would be much closer to launch than now. Bungie likes to. Here's a trailer of stasis abilities. Here's a trailer of this exotic. Here's this. Here's that. And it kind of swells. It November's a long way away. In the realm of the way the Destiny markets, November is like a lifetime away. They like to do things very close uh, to launch. So I don't think we would see it any earlier than that. Um, I so. think we'll probably see something in September when we thought we were going to get the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. September could be like the hey, you can't see, you can't play it yet, but here's a great video. That's actually sure. a really good. I like that prediction. I yeah, think yeah, we'll yeah. get something in place of that day, whether it's some some video, some announcement, some, something. They're gonna substitute something. They'll they'll they're they're quaint like that. Yeah. Somebody says, I'm telling you, you're going to hear outcry from Xbone and PS4 users who are enraged when they have to play Crucible against people with 60 60 FPS. It's going to be an issue. Well, tell them to get in line, because if you play on PC and your PC is weaker than mine, I have twice your frames. Oh, you only get 60? Oh, I get 120, right? Oh, you only get like 60 to 80? I get 144. Like, 144. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a PC standard. The strength of your PC dictates how many frames you get so people can just get over it sorry and honestly honestly it's going to be an acclimation process we're going to spend a year seeing people switch and eventually write it down eventually old consoles are going to get left behind again it's going to happen it's going to happen old consoles will get left behind like they did with rise of iron 
Hunter, I'm wondering how Game Pass DLC works. Do you still own Beyond Light if your Game Pass runs out? No, you do not. This was answered in the frequently asked questions section. Uh, I think Silk in the Wind said their question was answered. If the if this is a new version and a possible new engine for engine upgrades, why do you think Bungie just doesn't tell us that? Yeah, we, we just had this question. Uh, Hibusa. I really like the approach of Xbox, and I think I'm never, uh, but I think I'm never getting one. You said that Sony will change their approach in a couple years, but could the difference be in a company origins? I think what you're saying is like where they're from, maybe, because I, you know, I know, yeah, Sony may may for the foreseeable future think that their path is the best path. Um, you could even get down to cultural differences, and you could do like you know, uh, sociological studies and philosophical studies of, you know, honor, shame cultures and why they cherish tradition. And if there's very old people in decision-making positions at Sony, they may say, no, this is how we want things to go. We've done it this way for a very long time. That's very much rooted in a cultural thing. And American companies are more rooted into uh, adapt, evolve, do whatever the latest thing is. We're more uh, we're more prone to chase the, the the what's in vogue, and so you may see that. Like again, I think you're seeing this in in big companies in general that have older people in places of leadership. You're, you're seeing them hold some companies back and and with Sony again if you study like honor shame cultures and how they view tradition and the importance of doing things one way for forever uh, that could have an effect on Sony's evolution and potentially could hurt the company you don't know it could, it could hurt uh, look how long it took them to even consider uh, doing crossplay they didn't consider crossplay until it hurt their stocks like the Fortnite effect hurt their stock value that's that's what it took that's that's big man like that's that's the only thing that would convince them was was loss of stock value so i i don't do you have anything to add here uh wolverine uh the 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 tradition in that culture it's it's skyrocketing it's 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 always it's always been so prevalent and it's 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 something to 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 respect and admire to be honest but yeah you know it's, it's sometimes those those hard decisions that you you want to not make because you are so used to making one other decision it could hurt you in the long run and and hopefully i and and another example i feel is where they've found that out the spider-man deal with disney sony held on to spider-man for all these years all these years and 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 i feel that they saw that this collaboration and 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 they were trying to to go off and see what it would be like if they were making their own universe through through the venom uh standalone but i think in the long run they saw it would have been a poor idea to separate from the big picture and i feel that sony in general is learning that in in a broader spectrum to the video game world as well And, and, and it'll take time and and that that could be sooner way sooner than later we really truly don't know what what could happen in november when this game launches and and sony sees come christmas and the holiday season that uh microsoft's making so much money on destiny we got to get a deal to promote it and get people to play on sony or on playstation it's just something could happen around then and i think it's just all up in the air at this point yeah yeah real king salty 
do you feel is valid to have a concern that Microsoft working with Bungie on Destiny would possibly help with engine changes that they may try to partially control Bungie's content decisions, possibly like Activision Lite? I tell you, I tell you what, it's you, man, you get stung by an electric fence, you're probably going to walk five feet away from it the next time you're around one. And I think Bungie got stung real hard by the deal with Activision. We see this now in interviews with Marty uh, coming out about how bad it was. There, there ain't, there is no way, there ain't no way they, they're going to let Microsoft have any, any influence at all. Any, it, unless it's, again, unless it's like helping with the development of the game or something. But as far as creative vision and control, no way, man. There, 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 there is, that's got to be one of the least likely things to happen, I would think. After the Activision deal, they uh, <laughs> that's a sore that's a sore spot for them. I, I can't see. I, they're they're probably ferociously on guard in any discussions they're having with companies like Microsoft about this. So, um, I I don't know. I I think I feel like we could probably just go to the next question. Do you have anything to add on that one? No, you hit it right on that. Okay. I, we've only got a couple questions left. I want to get to VIP call in. This has been this has been a great Q and A and a great co host. By the way, if you guys are listening to this in other locations and you're like, man, that sounds cool to call in or co host, go to sntrpresents.com for Patreon or click the join button on YouTube. They're the exact same tiers with the exact same perks. So if you want to take part in call ins, we're going to do that shortly. Make sure you're a VIP and you're in Discord ready to go. If you want to do that, this has been a good discussion today. I'm sure we'll have some pushback or some expanded questions in the next segment. So, Akuta Papa says, uh, something I noticed after the Halo Infinite trailer, the particle system between the new D2 and Halo Infinite looks similar. I'm wondering if you noticed that there could be something there about that. Somebody wanted me to, to do a talk about this, to, like, compare the the Halo gameplay to Destiny. I Listen, I'm not Digital Foundry, okay? I, I go with my gut. And when I saw the, Halo, the, the, the Destiny trailer and we rewatched it, I've been playing Destiny day one beta player. I've been playing Destiny 2 on PC since it launched on PC at high frames per second at high resolution. I am I'm telling you my gut says whatever we're seeing in that trailer it is not the Destiny we're playing right now. It is not just oh it's higher frame rate, higher resolution. That's where my gut goes. Comparing it to the Halo trailer, I I don't think so. I, you might be onto something. I'm not equipped to make those uh, to make those observations. I'm making observations as a veteran Destiny player on PC, saying that looks different, and here are the things I think look different. And there are people that think I'm you know I'm 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 creating a bunch of you know fake hype about it not being that different. Um, I don't know if you do you did you see what he's talking about here with the two the, the two particle game system. What is that being referred to? The particle system. I would assume it's the thing that I noticed, which is the the physical independence of the pieces of the ice, like the particles as they're breaking and moving. Feels it feels new and okay. Okay, that's that's all right. That's that's very observant. Um, in in reference to the new Halo Infinite look, I, uh, I it's it's so hard not to make the comparison. I feel like just coming from. It's you know we're talking about Bunchy's baby Halo, so it's if we're we get on this track, we're gonna compare and contrast all day long. Um, I I feel that that and this is this is just my opinion. I feel that maybe that his point of view could be 
in reference to how the game has an open world type look now and mm-hmm. when they opened up that map on on the ring it's just you know you have locations you have things that you, you never saw saw before in a halo and and my only take on that per se was uh i i'm interested i'd like to see how it, it unfolds i just don't want halo to lose its identity yeah and I agree. uh i i i love i love halo you know i i I love the first three, of course, that were made by Bungie. Three Four Three has done a, probably the best job any other developer could do. Uh, I don't, I, I, and you know, we haven't seen another example, but it, really though, they've they've done a really good job co- considering where they picked up from. You yeah. know, there there are things that I can agree with most people with what they might not like about the new series, but you know, it, they've done a good job. I. Go on, go on. Sorry. No, yeah. Let's just go to the last question because yeah, I yeah, I, 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 no, no, agree, on, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Go on, go on. Uh, do you think that with Phil Spencer being a fan of Destiny, he is the one pushing Microsoft to work with Bungie, or do you think that it might be the other way around? I think that I think it's probably a, a mixture of both. I think Bungie probably thought, man, Microsoft's really changed. Microsoft's got a very different vision, and now that we're free from Activision we should talk to them about you know what we'd like to do what we'd like to see change and update uh, they have good technology advancements they've got good devs they've got they've got they've got really good plans that if you think about destiny's pivot to season pass format and seasonal content format that lines up well with microsoft and how they're structuring more service based uh, game delivery and so i think there were probably some physical philosophical alignments there that took place that led to those conversations that hey we can both make a lot of money here (laughs) if we if we handle this correctly obviously it's helpful that phil spencer loves destiny that that obviously was probably greasing the wheels of conversation um but when you see phil phil a part of bungie bounties and him and pete parsons you know together and tweeting and all that like i said I, i think that there there's more at play here than the, the announcements we've seen so far, I think, are meager. So, do you have anything to add to this the, this last question here? No, that's uh, that's perfect. It's headed right on, right where it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody who submitted questions. It's another great Q and A session. This is our second uh, is our second co host. Avenger did it twice, but this is our second person jumping in. So, guys, be sure show Wolverine love in the chat and the Discord. He did a stellar job. Uh, I I was hesitant. I was like, I don't know about this type of content, but it's been really enjoyable to share the mic with somebody, rest my voice a little bit in these long Q and A sessions. So, if you're if you're here right now and you're a VIP tier or higher and you want to jump in for VIP call ins, get ready to do that. Either become a VIP, or if you are one, jump in the Discord and prepare. Uh, I, I bet you we could have some good conversations. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, either use SayNotoRage.com to watch me live on YouTube, or you could use SNTRPresents.com to become a patron. As always, if you're listening or watching in other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.
If you're listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents, this is going to be the viewer VIP call-in segment that we do after Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live Monday through Friday during the day, Eastern Time. If you just go to saynotorage.com, brings you to the YouTube channel, and that's where I'm live all the time. If you want to take part in these VIP call-ins, if you think these sound cool, or some of the VIP game nights we're going to be coming up with, you can use the Patreon at sntrpresents.com. Uh, If you go to sntrpresents.com, you can use the Patreon to pick Tier 1 or do the VIP if you want to take advantage of what people are doing today. Or if you're on YouTube, you can click the Join button. The the tiers are exactly the same, and then you just jump in the Discord uh, as a way to take advantage of those. So we're going to go to Light Leap first today, and and Wolverine is co-hosting with me again. If you listen to the Q&A session before this, he's still on the call, uh, ready to go back and forth with some of the call-ins. But we're going to start with Lightly. What do you got for us? All right. Um, I got to take down the hype train a little bit before it gets off track because it's too going too fast. So we know that Pete Parsons said that by 2025, Bungie wants to be, uh, first of all, a publisher, but also a multi-franchise entertainment company. So we know they're working on a new franchise and they have been hiring people, but not by department size right so they're hiring mainly for specific positions probably for the new engine so now as i i already think that the trailer it's just the first trailer that bungie has as far as i could spot on youtube that is on 60 fps mm-hmm. and um you know post-processing anything and even if there's like a program where you can use hollywood movies that run at like 24 fps to make them run at like 60 fps it basically it's like an ai program that uh duplicates frames it sometimes causes artifacts but suddenly the really it's it's interesting to see how different the movie looks it everything which much smoother better quality um in addition to that i think yeah new light is uh, beyond light is coming out and uh, i think that bungie has learned unfortunately uh this year that they can sustain destiny um with a with a season pass and free to play um, right, getting new players in and getting them hooked. Like they don't need a lot of hardcore players. So mm. I just want to. I really think that we're reaching too far here. We're not getting a D three into Destiny two. We're getting. I, I think Luke Smith is serious when he's saying he's going to expand on some like uh, aspirational rewards and stuff. But I do not think we're seeing suddenly like a new engine or even an updated engine that's actually going to make a big impact on us. I think. Um, I think we're going to see more aspirational loot pursuit to, especially throughout the seasons, have more of the hardcore players engaged. But even this year, as unfortunately, I mean, I'm happy that Destiny survives. I'm happy it's doing well. But I think from a business perspective, they see that they can keep it running like this. And I think that's also the reason why we're getting, for example, the Destiny Con involved and the Cosmodrome and stuff like that is coming back. I know porting from D1 is not super simple. But it at least alleviates the creative department at Bungie from creating new environments, right? So we're gonna mm-hmm. get probably like maybe half or maybe the same amount, but they can also just put their engineers on, hey, you already have, you know what to do, just uh, put it into D2. So I don't know, it's not really a question, but maybe what, what do you guys thought on that? Maybe pushback. No, I, I, I think that's good pushback. The, it, the, my initial response to the front half of what you said is, I don't know what they gain by making shanks move in a way that I've never seen or particles in the game move in a way that I've never seen before. I'm not really sure 
why they would do that uh you know because of po- if just suddenly doing post-processing and and you know doubling frames and stuff i know people are like well lona you play 120 with vsync on vsync doesn't affect the smoothness of frames or animations vsync really only ever hurts people uh with in with very very like milliseconds of input delay that i don't i don't notice um i also get a cleaner capture i also played this game at 144 for a while no vsync and never saw what I'm seeing in that trailer. Now, if if you're basically granting that the stuff in the trailer does seem to be moving in a different way, but you're saying that it's more post-processing, uh, it's so, it's like some fancy magic tricks that they're they're using. I guess my question would be, why would they do that? Like, what what would be gained by showing us? something that you know up to now Bungie generally hasn't done the graphical like hey look how amazing funny enough they never even did this with the PC version the PC port is beautiful and they never highlighted how good it looked they never talked about how it looked so I guess that would be my first question is you might be right but I would be confused from a marketing standpoint as to why um, they would do that now I I want to I'm gonna take the second half of your question and save it because I want to address that separately, but I want to maybe give Wolverine a chance to respond to what you said as well because I mean I I think there's a lot of people who agree with Light Leap. I had a lot of people in my comment section saying it's just post processing. They're just increasing frame and resolution, and that's why it looks that way. Uh, Wolverine, do you have anything to add? Well, and and great pushback. You know, these these are the, the pushbacks that you know we need in terms of having the conversation that progressed this game from making it a great game to a game that actually stands the test of time and goes on to those five plus years that we're playing it. With that being said, in in, in just response uh, to. Uh, your first part because the second part is where i kind of dived in a little bit deeper to the second part of what you said but in, in regards to the first uh I, I agree with lono in terms of the business outlook um you know uh, you know tra- trailers we we always get excited about trailers always and and i feel taking trailers with always a grain of salt and not always having the highest of highest expectations it's always easier to walk into trailers and seeing things and 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 then being able to nitpick oh this is just you know tuned up uh for the for the trailer or this is just the cinematic or this isn't what the engine's gonna actually look like um i i feel that most of the time business-wise unless they disclaim it at the very bottom you know why would they advertise something and then not do it but I, I I I hear and respect the pushback without without a doubt. Yeah, and and um, the second part, I want to give I'm going to obviously give lightly a chance to push back on what we're saying, but I don't want to get lost. So I want to go to the second part of the question, which was, you know, they've learned they can really let this game survive with casual, almost. It's almost like I can see a vision of the game where it's going to be almost like a mobile game going forward. Very thin and very splashy and flashy. And that's how they're going to let the game survive for the foreseeable future. And even though Luke Smith, you know, has said, you know, aspiration and they want to refuel that, it seems like you're kind of concerned that it's going to become more of a Fortnite mobile season pass driven game than a game with substance and depth. I know you're always really big on adding depth and that's something that you always have felt was is lacking in D2. And I think the only reason I have less concern about that, obviously that's always a concern that 
you know, doing the least amount possible to maximize profit is something that businesses are always going to teeter on because that's that's just honestly that's good business. If you can make sandwiches way faster by you know having some machine come in and it'll you know increase your revenue, you're gonna you're you know you're gonna it's gonna be hard not to do that. Even though that means you got to fire you know Paul and Steve, right? So in this in this situation. I feel they've come out and really cast a vision that's fueled by passion and desire of this is the destiny we want to build. And I don't feel like that's all like smoke and mirrors and fireworks. I genuinely feel like they feel free from Activision. And I I, I genuinely have a trust and a hope that year four will really, really, fur- like, I don't even know how I want to say this. It'll really establish the foundation for where they want to take the game and so it won't feel like it's just really driven by the season pass and minimum viable product and really thin it's bread or it's it's butter spread too thin on the bread i'm not saying that's not a risk there's always a risk that they don't have the bandwidth like that's that's one of the things i think why i'm leaning kind of heavily on some of the microsoft predictions it's like bungie needs a development partner unless there was a technological change in the background to increase their efficiency how are they going to make more content for year four than they made in year three or in year two when they had help like that's obviously a giant question there's got to be a change for them to say year four five and six are going to be our vision and it's the game we've always wanted to build who is shouldering that burden with them I think is a fair question which I think bolsters some of your concern that they're not going to have you know a development partner and it is going to be let's do the least amount possible Um, so I and I know people are like well that's you trusting them you're trusting them I, I don't know I feel like I trust a message that's delivered with more of like a passion and more of a desire it doesn't feel like a bunch of marketing hype. Like when you have like Luke Smith talking, I don't feel like he's a marketer. I feel like he's just a guy that wants to make a great game. And that's why he's a little rough around the edges. His hair's kind of messy. He's doing this interview with Jeff Keighley. Looks like he just woke up. Um, (laughs) And so it's like, I don't, I don't know if he's like some marketing guru. That's like, yeah, I'm going to say all this, but we're not really going to deliver on it. Um, And obviously I'll be very sad if year four feels thin and doesn't feel like a triumph. Because I think I feel like we need one after year three. Year three kind of limped along after, after dawn and after Shadowkeep. It was kind of it. It kind of hasn't even this season. I feel like we're we are accepting a not so great content loop because the story developments are exciting and we really want Beyond Light to get here. I really feel like we're only really stomaching this season more than last because it's a prettier runway. Um, so I'm gonna let Wolverine talk and then lightly you can re- maybe respond to what we're saying. Uh, to to the second part, I feel it's you know with your your whole take on the content vault, I um, I agree with it, and it's and I feel it checks a lot of boxes in terms of what they're looking for, what they want to do. I, I feel that most games and most of things in in culture nowadays, we like to see things brought back new we love it so having things that everyone loved in d1 people were ecstatic to hear stuff like that and it it also uh checks a box for making the game more viable in terms of storage space they're they're able to cycle things in cycle things out you know get a get a good pulse on the community in terms of figuring out what really we want at least that's how it views to me in terms of how they can utilize the content vault um in terms of, of how we see year four panning out you know i feel narratively 
in destiny of what we've seen we're closing a lot of circles uh we we fi- i guess we finally figured out last season uh, uh, we closed this the story on uh rasputin and his gripe with the iron wolves and uh, now we're you know going to europa something they planned long before when and uh the 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 stone crypt something that they've thought about it's just i feel like we're closing a lot of circles and and when these circles are closed maybe in in lightfall that will be the window and doorway to to actually start something new and uh, let's just see how it how it goes all right that's that's a lot to reply to lately so i guess do your best (laughs) all right uh, I'll start with the video. I guess there's not really pushback because obviously I know as much as you. I guess it's just interpreting differently what you see from what I've seen a frame rate issue can do. And also you don't play with motion blur on. If you put on motion blur, you'll realize that when you play, you focus on a specific part, the center of the screen, right? And you're much mm-hmm. more detail oriented. If you have a wide screen that's suddenly 60 FPS and everything runs smoothly and it has motion blur, it, it kind of gives you the illusion of of of, of uh, very smooth moving that you don't that you don't see when you play the game yourself you know because you're focused on a such a specific part um so yeah i i, I but I honestly there's not really i just don't want to push back too hard because I, I, I could be wrong you know um and we all could that's but that's the beauty of it as well yeah um i'm, I'm just saying that's mostly for our basically to also help myself like i'm really excited for beyond light so but i gotta keep my own expectations checked so i'm definitely happy with what i get i guess um uh, in regards to the second question i just think um destiny is already a great game and i think especially if it if it can like with stuff like new light and the, the game pass it can get a lot of players constant flow of players that you know pick it up uh, they don't rely as much on one heavily invested fan base, right? I guess probably a lot of people would have liked Destiny to go the way of, um, you know, keeping a very large dedicated fan base that really dives into the game, and that would have probably led to different development. On the other hand, I mean, we've seen we've seen great stuff come out of that too, so it's not like everything's bad. But I do believe that what we get in Beyond Light, this will be like the final this would be what destiny will be like for the next two three years i don't think i guess that's where my worry coming from for example i always think there was a lack of loot and Mm -hmm. i'm a little bit worried if there's not going to be i don't want to see one 150 hand cannon or maybe then in another season none i would like to see four or five of them in different activities you know and really loot like think about i've thought about what what's going on uh, away from the vault all these adventures all this unused content that was never really exciting because it just it was there wasn't enough loot in the game mm-hmm. so i i guess i just worry if we get something it will be new and i'm sure there would be a lot of new stuff on it uh i wonder how it's going to pan out will we really get for example a lot more investment into loot creation will they use a lot of bandwidth on loot will they really invest into destiny or will they basically um, try to optimize to give us as much as possible, which definitely will be more than U3, but they also have to keep ship, keep the ship running, right, and develop the other franchise on the side. Yeah, yeah. Those, I think those are all good thoughts, and I, I, I've always agreed with the loot quantity, you know? That's why I think elemental primaries, they would get a lot of capital out of if they do two or three 150s in a season and they all can roll all different elements you know you would obviously pick your favorite one favorite role 
and potentially try to get three versions, you know, so you could have one for every element. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do think loot quantity and loot depth is a concern going forward because if if this is, like as you said, if this is meant to be sort of the blueprint for what De- Destiny looks like for the next couple of years, um, there are some thin spots in the game that need to be reinforced. And I would, I would definitely agree that loot quantity and depth is an area that just feels like a thin, it's like a thin piece of the wall that's going to, that's going to collapse if, if it's meant to carry us for year four, five, and six, you know? I think as a last point without dragging us on too long, um, I think trials will be a good indicator of that. I hope you were right in your analysis that trials actually wasn't ready, but they needed to push it out to uh, at least some things to do in Season of the Worthy. I but I, I do think that the next iteration of Trials, so with the next loot update, with the Ring of Adept weapons, it really has to be perfect. If it's still not perfect, then I'm really going to like start having doubts I- into what, what they're doing with, with these aspects of the game. Because honestly, for me, I would be happy. If I have this weekend pursuit, I can jump in with my clan, go for Adept weapons, cheating is minimized... I would be already happy. You know, if one of these aspects of the game is really perfected, uh, I'll be, I'll be happy. If loot incentive incentive was on point right now, everyone would be on console on the weekends. Everyone, yep. no one, no one would waste their time on their PCs. Like, well, you have your people that you know obviously refuse to play, but like there will probably would be more people that would tolerate it if the loot incentive was there. And and I, I it's awesome that you brought that up lately. It's 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 truly such it's such a point. And and your your trepidations for the future are 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 so just. Like they're removing so much. They're they're and and and, and we're not taking into account all the stuff they're removing and sunsetting. So that replacement has to be there and and i think we'll get the replacement but now my question is is how much abundance are you two looking for i personally and this is just my opinion i don't see us getting uh, a 50 to 100 percent abundance increase maybe by 25 percent an incremental increase but if we, we won't be reigning with loot in anytime soon and, and that's just personally my opinion i think we'll get things to supplement the things that we're missing now plus a little extra but but not like where we're going to be like oh my god i'm just dismantling left and right left and right it's just i don't know um i do believe that for a healthy loof pursuit especially if they want to keep this ship running for the next two three years uh that needs to be seasonally there needs to be a at least a full weapon set new like you know you need need to add throughout the year basically one weapon of every archetype because you need this also throughout the year like you're finally getting maybe this exact hand cannon that you wanted you know to keep stuff going because these these two three weapons that they sometimes add i don't know that's that's my biggest worry i think loot pursuit yeah as you said 100 percent. yeah that's where archetypal vacancies will start to rear their head you'll be like man it's been forever since we've gotten a good whatever the weapon is you, you know you're looking for <clears throat> you know I, I want a good 150 i want a good auto rifle a good shotgun and you know this one's ancient i i've i've continued to say and i know this is putting a lot of stock and a lot of hope into the, what's not been spoken but why sunset so aggressively and why remove so many planets and so much stuff you don't create vacancies unless there's an impetus. That's been kind of my my logic on it is they're creating a significant vacancy both in the loot pool as well as the director. And that tells me they have something big to put in its place. 
Um, and if not, it will feel kind of like a head scratcher. Like you didn't need to sunset year three stuff. You see, like you didn't need to sunset year three. Why sunset shadow keep in year three? Like why do that? Um, or uh, I'm sorry, up to shadow keep. Like why do that if you're not going to do a significant loot injection? Why remove Leviathan and all of it and all these plants? Why do that if you're only going to add Europa and the Cosmodrome for an entire 12 month period? Um, I I look at it as like you're you're removing a bunch of things from a room and if you're the only reason to do it is because you have something to put into its place or else you're just going to have these big vacancies in the room and it'd be like well, why why wouldn't you just leave it then if you're not replacing it um what we perceive as a vacancy they may have a slew of weapons ready to roll out it would explain the thin amount for the seasons right it could have something to do with why this year itself felt so thin as well so i hope so well thanks for letting me cut in line also to the other Collins. so yeah yeah good good thoughts lightly good thoughts have a good one all right we're coming to you darksider i think darksider had some some thoughts on engine and how he thought we were uh, we were maybe mistaken about something so go ahead darksider yeah what i want to talk about is because i work as a developer myself the uh, looking at d1 and d2 the hardest part Parts bringing from D1 over to D2 seem to be the weapons because leveling perks, unlocking perks, adept weapons, no defined archetypes really. It's all the hardest parts to bring over to D2 and balance it. What I think the Destiny Content World means is they are gonna bring a huge weapon update in Beyond Light for D2 that will make the system closer to what is it in D1 that will allow them for faster repurposing and reissuing. So say that last part again, because I, I was tracking with you on the front end and then I got distracted by somebody in chat. You, what would make it faster to bring D1 areas into D2? I think what? from how I took it, what you said, correct me if I'm wrong, you're utilizing the Destiny content vault to to use code and how things were operating in D1 into D2? Yes. So, okay. for example, in D1, you had the elemental primaries, and that's one of the reasons which hinders bringing back stuff. Because, okay, if it was an elemental primary, do we make it an energy weapon, a kinetic weapon? How we would we adjust the damage? Or if the weapon was leveling up with unlock- unlocking perks on it, how we do? How would we translate that into D2 perk system? So with what I think Destiny Content World means that they are altering the D2 weapon system to the point that is better for D2 and easier for them to bring back D1 weapons. Here's my here's my only thought on this though, is if you're gonna make a one-to-one match of the Cosmodrome as well as Vaults of Glass, because they, they've indicated they have to remake these things. They had to remake the maps for uh, the D1 maps that came back. When we revisited the area with the cars from the opener of D1, all that's had to be completely recreated. I just feel like conventional wisdom would say, that's going to take longer because you're constantly having to reference the original instead of being like, no, I'm just going to make a new area. I can put a tree there, car there, door here, wall there. Like, constantly having to refer back to the original I feel like would slow them down unless there's some sort of a trick they came up with to literally not necessarily copy paste 
but making that rebuilding process faster for some reason because I mean Holtzman worked there for a while and he was he was saying that like yeah bringing stuff from D1 is really slow it's not something that Bungie likes doing that's why if you tried to like glitch out of the map when they brought back that old Cosmodrome section you couldn't go any further you could literally go up high and see that there was nothing else over there they only built that small slice um so I guess from a development standpoint, Darksider, do you have insight onto that? What what would suddenly make it easier to bring stuff over from D1? Mm, I think what you uh, the hardest part in transitioning models and objects is updating the quality of them. You can't take an area from D1, copy and paste it into D2, exactly how it is with the same resolution as D1, and the engine will render it. The hardest part on it is doing adjustment to the geometry and to some out-of-bounds areas at death floors, basically, where you have to alter it which doesn't fit. And basically what I'm thinking about what they did is they found a solution, not an engine solution because it would take a lot of work, but a normal software solution which translates the geometry from D1 into a more modern geometry into D2. Yeah. I, okay. I understand. I understand. I want to. I want to add what Weezy's saying before Wolverine goes. Weezy says, "I think they had a breakthrough. There's a reason, in my opinion, that Shadowkeep was the moon and then some. I really feel like they had a breakthrough with converting to physical-based rendering version of a D2 engine. I, that's good insight. Yeah. Because why all of a sudden did you bring the entire moon over? That is, I, I'm, I was, I'm forgetting. That kind of came out of nowhere. Dreadnought was supposed to be where Shadowkeep landed, and the moon is arguably larger than the Dreadnought. So, go ahead, Wolverine. No, it's just I, I get where where he's coming from, and, and and not coming from a developer background, it's hard to do, just dip my toes into this conversation from a, from a layman's perspective. But I can I can definitely see it being feasible. But and 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 using Shadowkeep, I think is is. Uh, I think is more in line to what Darksider I think is is alluding to. I just feel that with with the technology and what they're able to do and and possibly upgrade to with possibly the help from Microsoft. I know I'm I'm trying to you know aim for the back of the park here with this home run, but I I, I can see them upgrading it. What that upgrade looks like, I feel, is up for debate, but. I, I, I definitely think there's a lot uh, there's a lot coming from where Darksider is saying. I think they are taking code and elements from whatever they're incorporating in the content vault and, and utilizing it for, for today's standards. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else to add to that, Darksider, with respect to you're you're saying, you know, it's not an engine it's not an engine level change, it's just it's just somehow as maybe what Wheezy is saying, like maybe they just they found a way to bring stuff over and the moon is kind of our first indication of that uh, i think also the ruinous effigy is kind of an indication for that because before the ruinous effigy all you could do was left click or right click with pickup weapons mm-hmm. and with lot of glass having the shields that you had special functionalities like blocking or super i think ruinous effigy was the first step in towards testing how to implement same things into d2 from Water of Glass. Okay. Okay. 
Well, I mean, what? Yeah, we'll have to see. Because I mean, I, I, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Just using those kind of mechanics, you know, with that shield that was in Vault of Glass, absolutely. But uh, I just feel that with the next generation, they're going to be able to 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 bridge a pretty decent gap, and I think they're going to in 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 foundation do what what Darksiders saying and and what Weezy's saying about you bringing back the moon for instance and then mm -hmm. and, and you in updating it to to contemporary terms but i just feel that that bridge will be definitely more of a leap when we talk about uh um, the next expansion at least you know i, I want to hope but yeah I, I he brought it in a perspective that actually it, it's 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 very very plausible very feasible absolutely well and I mean, I've been and I've been saying that like they had to have come up with some sort of a, a a discovery or a loophole or something that they didn't previously know about because I've just continued to say why would you sign up for bringing that much content over the the teams bringing it over could just be making new stuff um, especially with how often they get they get sort of ripped up one side and down the other for reskins um, so I I don't know I think between what Darkseid is saying and what Weezy is saying. We're, we're probably close to the answer, um, <clears throat> which I there's still a part of me that feels like that there has to be an engine update if they want this game to go four, five, and six. Um, I still think there's indications of engine change with removing planets and and the need to remove the dungeon. To me, feels like the version of Destiny that lands in November is so different at a foundational level that they have to take out the only piece of year three that's staying um, and think about what Wheezy said if they fit if they found some trick and that's why they brought over the moon the moon could be built in such a way that it does it does line up with whatever they're doing or they've had time to adjust the moon to the new to the new the new the new engine or update or whatever and then the dungeons too late of an addition to have that Basically, if they have to develop it twice or port it or whatever, or update it under the hood, as Cosmo said, I think there's still some breadcrumbs that lead to at least an engine update. I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a brand new engine like Slipspace, but there's got to be some kind of an update at a, at a, at a foundational level if you have to remove the dungeon for a whole season. Uh, it doesn't exclude that th there is a possibility for an engine update. But I think the engine update will come far later and not with Beyond Light, but maybe in with the Witch Queen, because I think the first thing they were going to do is with Beyond Light is experimenting with the DCV on how to bring back content effectively and then work on during that period while they're experimenting with bringing back old content more effectively. During that time, they're going to work on the new engine. Yeah. So do you think a new engine would come when they finally make the transition to completely cut off the last generation? Yes. Okay. Because I, 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 I mean, sure. I can't disagree with that. I gotta, I gotta almost like say that I could definitely see that as being plausible for sure. Because I personally think that the old Xbox, Xbox One and the PS4 are probably not capable of handling the new engine properly without dragging down the new generation. I would assume that's why, I, that's why I think for the back experience, we will stay on the old engine for EF4 
and in year five when they will be like okay the old consort can no longer support destiny here's the cutoff point while you're doing this we're also upgrading the engine to make the experience even better for the new experience and pc yeah and somebody in chat saying a couple people have said now like d3 was gonna have an engine update and probably leave the old consoles behind so maybe what you're saying is is right like we have some of the foundational elements of d3 being put into beyond light especially i think stasis is is one clear indication that we were going to kick off destiny 3 with a total change um but as they're saying maybe the the engine and 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 the changes at that foundational level maybe they got shoved to the witch queen which is when they say we have to leave behind old consoles and here's all the reasons why limited space limited power and we're upgrading technology that literally can't work on the old systems i that 100% you know could be a more a more plausible and more likely outcome because they would want to wait there could also be that you know whatever this new version is launching on the xbox one series x that they said that could be the beginnings of the engine change but they don't fully land it or change it or update it until witch queen because i kind of feel like you're going to be playing a different version on the series x than exists on the xbox one i just i it with the little that we know that i know about development it seems like how are you going to really tap into the to, to the power and the all the new things you can do with it and it, it it can't just be the PC port that VV did for PC. It's got to be something that they 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 worked with Microsoft on to to optimize. The, the, with the language that they're using, it seems there will be actually two versions that at some install level they won't be the same. So, all right, that's right. Good thoughts, Darksider. Appreciate you calling in, dude. Thank you. See you later. This is this is a good this is a good call in session today, man. We're getting we're getting some. <laughs> oh, his his point was was really well thought out. Well thought out. Yeah, Gillian to miss if you're there. Uh, go ahead with your question. Already, um, we know that Legend and Simply have had a pretty extensive past with exclusive maps, um, new weapons early. Um, uh, homie, but Gilly, it sounds like you're talking through like a sponge. I don't know what happened between the mic test and now. It's really hard to understand you. Are they still up there now? No. If if uh, you may be talking through like Wi-Fi or bad connection, it's really really bad. It's like you're under. It's like you're underwater. I tell you what. I'm going to mute you. I'll come back to you. If you want to hop into a voice chat with somebody else, maybe somebody wants to help them try to figure it out, iron it out. Um, yeah, that was, it, I, I could not understand what you were saying. Uh, it's not like it's crackling or breaking up. It's I honestly couldn't couldn't tell what he was saying. So I'm going to have to move on. Um, doing, these, doing these call-ins, that's a risk we take. That's why we do the mic checks ahead of time. But sometimes you're on Wi-Fi or a cell tower and your service is just going in and out. So I'm going to go to Rexus. Rexus, what do you got for me today? Uh, not well, sadly though. Uh, first question for me. I'm still a little confused what they meant by destiny on mobile. They, do they really mean mobile phones? Yes, and uh, Android devices will be able to use the X Cloud and play Destiny. Yes. Ooh, that's gonna be interesting. Wonder if they. I wonder if if they get the same server or rather just the same background architecture as we do currently, and who they get linked with. Got any ideas about that? 
Yeah. That would make sense. It would probably be, you would be working within the Microsoft uh, home, like the, the Microsoft platform. So you would be playing with, I would, it was, it's basically like a simulated Xbox is, is the way I understand it. So you would be able to play with your Xbox friends. And so you wouldn't suddenly be like, it's not like Stadia where you would only be playing with Android xCloud players. As far as I know, it's it's basically simulating an Xbox so that you can play anywhere you go and you don't suddenly have a different friends list. Somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've got I think I've got this one right. Sounds about accurate though. That's that's what they want to exemplify is that you could literally have your controller with you, sync it up to your phone and play with your controller from your phone. Yeah, somebody in chat oh, is saying, I'm in the beta, I've been playing Destiny at work on my Razer Kishi controller, and I see all my Xbox friends. Yeah, there you go. Ah, that's how that was meant. Uh, yeah, that's most of the most burning thing regarding the, or rather, the specific topic currently. The, what I'm more, uh, I'm not sure how far off topic you want to go. It's not extremely far, but a little bit off topic. Go ahead, it's just more go regarding with it, yeah. New it's more regarding new content. Uh, the uh, I am very curious about the new raid and if they're actually like uh, careful uh, bife level Norlord coming in. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been playing from day one as an EXO, and mm-hmm. uh, you're excited. On... Then. Yes, I'm really excited <laughs> about. I'm really excited about that raid. That's. I'm... And I'm wondering if they will actually do something that I've noticed in another game. In another game, where uh, one of the expansions was centered about one of the five races that you can play in, in, within the game. Mm-hmm. And if you've played a, as this race, it was basically um, a dragon taking over almost every one of this race. And only the most strong-willed could uh, get away with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you still during the uh, story missions, if you were that race, you constantly had this voice in your head that was telling you, you should betray your friends. You are mine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe a stinging pain, like really just a sudden spike of high-pitched uh, beeping. Yeah. Uh. And in the end fight, you would even at some point, if you go in, if you don't go in alone and instead go in with other players, uh, any player of this race would switch sides for a short time. So are you thinking they might do this with people who have EXO characters? Yeah, do you think they would dare to do something like that? I I mean, I, I would go to the where we chose Drifter over Vanguard, a couple of audio differences, I, I'll say maybe. I, what do you think, Wolverine? I was just about to say, like, it would be really cool, just like you said, if you were an EXO character walking into that uh, script and it's like you hear something and you were only able to hear something. Whether or not it has anything to do with, like, functionality and mechanics, I, I really doubt it. That's so specific. Everyone would probably want to make an EXO. Yeah, that like but it not. Right. That would be so cool if they gave people that, like, little, like, pat on the back. Yo, you have an EXO. Like, this is something for an EXO. Like, so you're going to have, like, some inner thing that's, like... It, it, 
whispering in the back of your head or some like computer, I, it would, whatever the case may be, that, that's, that's interesting and that's awesome to think about. And I mean, you also got a trade-off in the story because you, from time to time during the mission, you just suddenly get stunned. And you're just standing there for like five to ten seconds while this thing screams at you, Why are you not listening? I mean, yeah. if you were transitioning between encounters, that would be really cool. But it's like to have something yeah, stop you in the middle yeah, of an just, encounter, that would be really rough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, those stuns were only during kind of the traveling part of the uh, map. Yeah. Uh, all the all the LFG posts would be like no exos. They wouldn't want any exos coming in. They're all oh no, with all the speedrunners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they've they've not really done anything with the race that we've chosen before. I know they did that with yeah. Drifter and Vanguard, but like they didn't do anything with us being the. If no. you were in Awoken, it would be cool, but it would also be kind of strange to make my experience different based on a decision I made years ago that has nothing to do with yeah. the game now. That'd be, that'd be my only pushback. Is It, yeah, it would feel very disconnected. Yeah, it would be... Cool nonetheless. Cool nonetheless, for sure. Oh, they the did it with the... No, I'm sorry. They, they did, did it with something. the Awoken in the Forsaken? Like and they acknowledge you if you're Awoken? Oh, didn't she okay. call us See? cousin or something? Didn't the queen call us a cousin? <laughs> So yeah, there you go. There is room for it. I take it back. And and the other thing is we already had something as an EXO. Um, uh, Let me check real quick. Uh, Map. uh, I forgot the name. Uh, Yeah, on on Nessus. On Nessus, there is uh, a specific place I have to... uh, I'd have to search again where exactly... I think I screenshotted it and everything. Uh, There was a little little, uh, Vex node thing. It almost looked like the uh, collectible, like uh, like the. Uh... Yeah. Well, I know what uh, I know what you're talking about. It was one of the scannables on the planet. Yeah, and if you were an exo, your ghost suddenly said, uh, "This thing interacted with your uh, exo body for some reason," uh, and you never yeah. got anything more okay. than this. You, you, you yeah. Just uh, okay, give me more. Yeah, I like that. When I'm walking uh, around the tower and he, you know, and they're like, you know, hey hunter, what treasures exactly. do you bring? It's like I, I like yeah. that. Character yeah, specific callouts have been like part of the game. Like even yeah. even the old uh, faction people, if you walk by them, they'll say hello, hunter. Like you know, and they're all their famous voices. All all of them are all actors, by the way, famous actors. Those three people. But yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. Not only that, race specific things also have, for example, Rahul. Uh, to an, I think he only says that to an EXO. Um, the exos are even mostly encrypted to themselves or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Techno is reminding us too that there, are, if you have a veteran account from D one, there are dialogue differences because I don't have a veteran account. I yeah. I jumped right in on PC and didn't wait for cross save, oh, wow. wow. so I don't get any references to stuff I did in D one, which is a bummer. I wish there would be a way yeah. to patch that up because I, you know, I've obviously that been playing be since. So day one I, w- I will say on that point one of the the coolest feelings i ever had was loading d2 on my xbox and seeing every raid i completed mm-hmm. every major story event and to see the people's names yeah it, it was it, it really was a home run feeling and i i wish they'd they they'd put more feelings like that back in and i know it's hard to recreate those but those the, that was an awesome way to start that game yeah i agree those are good ideas uh rexus and one more th- it's just more small thing uh what i'm a little worried about at the current rate 
the current raid, we're getting so many weapons and so many random rolled weapons that we still cannot store, and mm. the vault space just doesn't increase. I'm yeah. almost constantly stuck at max capacity, and I'm not sure, do I really want to delete this? I know even if it gets sunset, it's kind of a shame that you will, if you, if you dismantle it, you never have access to it again. The collections could, I think, potentially be the the solution here. I, the, both the vault and the collections need some sort of a synergy. So I have a, I have one of the you know the kindled orchids that are really rare. It's got rampage and kill clip. And I know I've, which one you mean. Yeah, and obviously <laughs> I, deleting that would feel kind of like a bummer. Like uh, even though this is sunset, yeah. it's still a classic. If I could store that in collections. Um, that would be, I think, an excellent move. And then the vault would basically just be for, like, almost like a pack mule, like, during your your real gameplay. So instead of my vault being full of, you know, Duke, God Roll Dukes and God Roll, uh, you know, my Kindled Orchid and stuff like that, my vault would be full of relevant pieces from whenever I'm playing. Uh, and then my, my favorite version of you know, Kindled Orchid would be stored in collections. I feel like those two need to come together, the vault and collections, and have a happy marriage to to free to, to fix the problem that you're enumerating. I, I agree that needs to happen. It really needs to. And I'm st- currently also still holding on to some armor pieces, which I'm waiting for uh, the uh, armor transmog system at some point. Because I want to... Mm-hmm. switch them into Transmox and since they have not announced yet um, how they want to do it n- not even just ha- how exactly it works or ju- just if you need to have the piece or if you just need to have unlocked the piece in the collections until then I don't really dare to delete anything <laughs> that I might want to do wa- might want to use words yeah and I also want to see there be a clear this is where I want there to be a very clear difference between weapons before year four and weapons after year four and I'm not even meaning just like in the raid just in general kind of how when armor 2.0 like we went through and we cleaned out all of our armor because we didn't want it anymore it was old it didn't have the new hotness if they do that with weapons I think a lot of this will be easier because right now you're like oh you know who knows it's a god roll scout if they ever make scouts good better keep it like so you keep all these potential roles that you would probably just hack through and delete a lot of them. I mean, obviously there's the ones like the Kindled Orchid I referenced, but by and large, you'd be like, I don't need any of this crap. The new weapons are better. I'm hoping for a significant weapons update to make those decisions a little easier. Maybe, but but still it's, if you'd never have access to it again, it's kind of a shame. I mean, something like the Martyr's Retribution, Retribution. at some point it'll be a sunset, and if you delete yours, yes no going back yeah yeah they need to solve that problem i think the collections is the answer so so good yeah. thoughts all right that's it Thank all you right for listening yeah thanks for calling in we're gonna go to techno if you're there sir what do you have for us today uh well just uh speculations about cosmodrone in europa mostly based around the fact that every um patrol area or planet we have also has a vendor in the area like Eris on the moon Asher on Io maybe the Exo on Exo Stranger on Europa and then my question is what about uh, the Cosmodrone will we get a vendor there 
will that small cutscene from like 2014 where we meet the crow in the uh, Cosmodrome finally be used for something? Yeah, that maybe Aldrin. Maybe we run into him and he's like, that becomes his area. He kind of runs the show there. I don't know. Um, yeah, Necker was saying Aldrin may be a vendor. It's, uh, it's been circulating the community that uh, that a lot of people have been speculating that that's going to be our introduction back into Aldrin through that but you know everyone's just going off of that based on the fact that we're you know using elements and stuff that they were thinking of when destiny first started and now we're basically at that cycle again and i I welcome that i I truly do i I think we need to like i said but when we ended uh the q a we need to close a lot of these circles that we're in narratively so we can Mm -hmm. start to tell new stories and we're doing that with Savathun, you know, for the long, the longest while. We did it with Rasputin, you know, um, and, and we're even doing we're even doing it with a stranger now, which is awesome because Rasputin like she was still going. Well, no, no, of course, but like what I meant by we closed that circle, we we knew why he was so vindictive against the Iron Lords. Like now we knew why he had a son. Fellwinter was so involved, and Fellwinter meant something to him. If no one, if he couldn't have him, no one could have him. It was just, it was a big guess. Like why, why were we working with Rasputin for so long, and he just destroyed the Iron Lords? Like why is he, why is he helping us? It was always that like limbo, that gray area we never understood, and and I feel it just goes back to that whole thing we're closing a lot of circles in it and and it's 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 optimistic for the future and then there's also the part where the cosmodrome had a ton of war mine stuff in it too and uh, i'm not gonna say it but there's stuff that's gonna happen or i'm not gonna say specifically but we got stuff that's gonna happen later in the season with anna bray and her trying to get rescued and back online well and yeah because they they got to figure that out and then i'm not sure who the NPC on Europa would be. I mean, if they well, they move Eris from the my room. Money's on, my money's on the Exo Stranger because they're going to gonna leave Eris on the moon and the Drifter runs Gambit in the tower. My money's on the Exo Stranger. I think so, too. I was going to get... We'll yeah, I was going to get to that. I feel like she's going to be setting up base there. Um, although, it looks like in one scene, they're setting up base and Eris is in the background. So maybe... On that maybe, approach, it could be the Exo Stranger or anything. Like when the they first start the stasis trailer you can see a, a small base being built mm-hmm. but it's you can't see who's back there at the base but we know there's I, gonna be a vendor i thought i saw a screenshot where Eris was the one standing next to the base i mean it, it, that could be from a cutscene or from a mission i mean she she obviously goes there but i i agree i think they like to leave npcs kind of at their base even though anna bray and and Zavala a part of cutscenes. They don't leave their their like NPC station. So I I do think it'll it'll probably be the uh the stranger. Do we see Anna Bray become the next Hunter Vanguard? I'll spoil that for you. No. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be Aldrin and why there, I think it's going to be his redemption because the he Hunter Vanguard Dale, dare is a very important thing because if the Vanguard starts breaking rules like that, no one's going to listen to the Vanguard, or at least that's the reason they give in the lore. Isn't it like uh, the Hunter Vanguard, like a rule of two, you know, Sith type thing? You go, you take the mantle of the one you killed. Uh, no, it's the Vanguard Hunter Dare is a deal between two hunters. So when Andal Brass got. Uh, killed by Skolas, there was a Vanguard Dare 
or there was a vanguard there between Cade and Andal Brass to see whoever got to kill Tanix. And then Cade was the one that killed Tanix, so Andal had to become the hunter vanguard because he lost the bet, lost the vanguard deal. And uh, then so that's why he Tanix said came back, which means, And then Cade's vanguard there was the person who killed him has to take his position. So if the vanguard break the rule of the vanguard hunter dare then no hunter is going to listen to the vanguard because they just break the rules that trust has been lost in the vanguard to the hunters the hunters right now are all fleeing the city in the lore they don't like being around the city they don't want to get stuck with the position of hunter vanguard yeah and you can hear you can hear that convo between drifter and eris they actually say that when they're talking about uh the hunter vanguard and how the hunters are just scattered everywhere that's 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 awesome i love the narrative of this story it's that's it's almost in the lore tab for in the lore tab for tommy's matchbook it was someone gave that gun to someone else to say don't tell him we're hiding here i don't want to be hunter vanguard and that would be that would be a great reason to bring older back into the story which would also then mean that's a great reason for us to be back on the cosmodrome he could be like well this is where i'm staying now and you guys need to know what's going on here they're you know the fallen well, and reestablishing or something that also makes sense too because in the, one of the dawning ships you, they say Aldrin's outside the city and we know that the cosmodrome is a lot closer to the city than the edz is yeah i mean it we're, yeah, we're just speculating. I mean, obviously, we're not. I don't. I've not seen any data mine, so I'm just speculating. If anything, you heard in the past, you know, couple minutes. I'm was trying data to avoid uh, some, like, there's a bunch of lore entries and stuff that are visible in the API, but some people don't want to be spoiled by it, so I'm trying to avoid those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, most of the stuff they're talking about is in the game right now. Like that, yeah. we know that we know that Aldrin's around. We know that the hunters, you know, are are leaving, and we know about the dare. All that stuff about the hunter dare and all that stuff—that's all in the game. Uh, none of that stuff is like extra and info. Anna Bray trying to save Rasputin and Anna Bray not wanting to be the hunter vanguard is also in game. Yeah. But uh, they, it's they like talk half in game, and then the yeah. half is still in lore books we don't have yet because we need the second half of the Exodus quest for the sidearm. The, the one lore on the sh- on the uh, ship that came out in Dawning uh, explained that Aldrin was lingering in the Lost City with his helmet on when uh, his ghost told him "Happy Dawning," and he said it back to him. Yeah, that's what I was oh, referencing. He was on yeah. the outskirts of the city, and then whenever yeah. he met, people, oh yeah, he, he very on. well could be in the Cosmodrome. That would be that would be an awesome way to introduce him, and it would be really a uh, a good way to bring him back into the story narratively. Yeah, uh, Hunter tipped five five pounds. Says with Siva, could we see the old D one Tower come back? I I don't know that people ask about that all the time. I I don't Siva's see a... everyone's favorite plot MacGuffin. Yeah, I don't see that being a uh, a reason to bring back the tower, though. Um, so, yeah. I kind of feel like Siva was meant to just supposed to be this one-off thing that we don't really have to worry about again. Just like Rise of Iron is almost never actually mentioned in D2 or the mm-hmm. events of it. I feel like that entire thing was just meant to hold us over until D2 and it, none of it really impacted that much in well, the and it was, scheme of the story. And it was mostly made by like High Moon Studios and the live team. Like I think the only thing that Bungie really had a hand in was Wrath of the Machine, and that felt very honestly disconnected from the Iron Lord story. There was no Iron Lords down there. We we fought Axis. Um, 
So if I if if I remember correctly, most of Rise of Iron campaign and the areas and stuff that was all built by uh, High Moon Studios yeah. and the Live Team. Yeah, and uh, I think Rise of Iron was is kind of like our Shadow Keep, where it's just like this is something we give you to hold you over until we get to the good stuff. Even though the good stuff was Destiny Two base game, which wasn't really that good. Yeah, yeah. All right, good thoughts. I almost I was going to move on unless you have something else. Uh, just for people complaining that they don't have enough vault space, stop hoarding stuff. <laughs> it, it's it's that easy. Yeah, it's if hard. You don't use it if you don't use it. You don't need it. But I might. I might. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll see you in three months where you use it and you use it for like five minutes and then you put it back in your vault, justifying having kept it there for half a year. I'm at I'm at 493 out of 500. Okay, don't judge me. Um, I'm at 60. And the only reason it's that high is because I'm hoarding armor for transmog because I don't know whether or not I need it. As soon as they tell me whether or not I need it, I know what I'm doing with my armor. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Thanks for calling in, Tech. Now I'm gonna move to call, uh, Real King Salty. Real King Salty, if you're there, what do you got for me today? Uh, yeah, my question, um, back before the Q&A even started, by the way, am I echoing bad by any chance? Nope, you're good. Okay, good, man. My phone has been aggravating me. Um, no, it's mainly for over or Wolverine because he had made a comment, you know, asked questions about PvP. Well, I'm not... I like PvP games. Like, I play Apex probably more often than I should. I come from games like Quake 3 Arena in the past, Counter-Strike, the original Counter-Strike, not Go... Um, you know, PvP in all different forms, like EVE Online. I played that for 13 years. Uh, with PvP and Destiny, I have a love-hate relationship because, you know, you can get on a roll and you get a, a fair and balanced team. And I'm not just talking matchmaking and players. I'm talking about, like, you get into a lobby where not everyone's using the big sweaty guns, like the typical, like, oh, surprise, I got killed by a revoker or, oh, I got killed by a mountaintop. You know, you get into a balanced lobby where people are just playing the game almost like everyone's experimenting and the lobby is really, really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Brings me to my point. It's kind of like a two-part thing. When they're talking about sunsetting, and, you know, obviously sunsetting will matter in Trials. It'll matter in Iron Banner. But my argument is, is do, do you think, I know this is kind of a yes or no, do you think they should put light-enabled activity in all PvP? because I think they should, and I think there's a way that they can actually balance it for the people who are lower light level. Before I respond, can I know why you think that? Mainly because the whole hype around uh, sunsetting, and if we look at, uh, there's a few videos Lono did in the past, is sunsetting is kind of like a way for Bungie to say, all right, we understand there's problematic gear in the game, and there's got to be some means in which in the high and competitive play, it's not present. So it's not like doing the same thing season after season after season. But I also think that should be instituted in the regular play. So people, it still kind of enforces that concept. Like people need to move on. Like, yeah, you had the gear. It took a long time to farm. You know, everybody's been there, done that, you know, because me, I'm, I, I love to move on. Like I love my dead man walking from the black armory but I'm ready to move on. Like I've just mentally prepared myself for that. And making all of PVP where no matter if you're going into casual, comp, trials, iron banner, 
you're going to have to use new stuff. You can't just be like, all right, guys, we're going into control. Get your mind benders and whatever on. Mm-hmm. You know, people, that's my mentality behind it. I felt that way for a while. I just, what are your thoughts on it? You want to respond first, Lotto? Um, I, I'm going to trim it down and say having one playlist that is always power enabled because you got Trials and Iron Banner, but also having one that you can just always go into. So you have this option to, you know, escape from the meta and go to a place that might be more fresh because of sunsetting. It might be more experimentation going on. I could see maybe doing that, but the entire Crucible being power enabled, I feel like you're swinging, you're swinging a missile at a at a at a much smaller target than than is needed. I, I think there might be a better solution to your request than the whole Crucible. So go ahead, Wolverine. I and and uh, it's basically how Lono just you know culminated at the end there, but. But I've I've actually thought of it more th- towards your perspective and, and in an objective standpoint. Now, if you were going to add that power increase uh, to every playlist within the PvP, you're going to have to increase the pinnacle numbers exponentially. You're going to have to be giving pinnacles for pretty much everything because you're you couldn't limit people to RNG and then put them in the crucible, especially if that person is competitive minded like me. I enjoy playing PvE because it's it's a I don't feel I have to sweat. You know, I can just kill these scorn and not have to worry about, you know, getting picked, you know, by some guy sliding around the corner. It's you know, it's a it's it's a way to enjoy the game. So if you were to input pinnacles pretty much everywhere, then yeah, I can see that working, but it's just putting pinnacles everywhere. doesn't really seem, you know, plausible or doable. Um, you know, I like where you're going because I enjoy the power increase because I'm the type of person that within the first two to three weeks of a season, I'm pushing for that power grind. I'm, you know, doing every pinnacle I can. I'm doing all my powerfuls first and then I'm lining up my pinnacles and then I'm doing my plus twos and then I'm doing my plus ones. Like I figured it out to a science, but not everyone plays like that. And, and, and you know, some people play less. Some people play a lot more. It's just... We're taking in a lot of different facets into the PvP world if we're going to put that power delta within every playlist. And, and But like I said, I like it because I know I'm always going to be at the top. I enjoy, you know, being able to just sit there and take flinch shots and just snipe someone who's 40 to 50 below me within Trials or Iron Banner. It's, it's, it's fun because it's not like I cheated. I earned what I earned that power and I like and I'm sure people like to enjoy that that dominance where you're you're earning something within the game and, be, and and literally showing it, showing that dominance within the PvP realm, being plus 50 or plus 40, whatever the light may be. So I like the way that you're going with it. I just don't think it's feasible considering where we are currently within the pinnacle and power grind. But to add on to that pinnacle and power grind, basically every powerful right now would have to be a pinnacle. And you'd have to incorporate Lono's theory of smart RNG. You'd have to take away RNG completely from the pinnacle search for that to work. And and then you'd have to incentivize people to even get in the PvE element that don't like the PvE element, that strictly like PvP. So Mm -hmm. I love it. 
but there's there's just so many different you know it's like you know that meme where the girl is looking and they're all the math problems it's just like that's what i feel like right now <laughs> but I, I i want i want to think like that so it's awesome um well my main and my main thing about the whole power level wasn't necessarily to create a challenging matchmaking playlist like i get iron banner and trials because I guess Iron Banner is in some form aspirational in its own right, but I don't feel it's as nearly as aspirational as like Trials. Personally, I don't even think it's nearly as aspirational as like competitive. Yeah, but, so, yeah and to be fair, I've, I've mentioned Alono. I think the, 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 the power should be taken out of Iron Banner. It's just a week long. It's something fun for everyone to do. Yep. They took away skill-based matchmaking. They should just take away the power from Iron Banner. But i think what you're about to say they should put power in the competitive playlist 100 percent. you know i would feel a lot better if somebody was cheating and they're sitting at 10 16 and i'm at 10 60 because i could just three peak them and just wait to just uh to primary them so i i mean i if that's what you were going for that's it's actually not what i was going for i'm sorry 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 um, sorry my whole institution of the light level was mainly to focus on sunsetting so the the playlist let me see if i can word this together the playlist itself and the light level attached to it, the light level requirement attached to it wouldn't necessarily be a determining factor on who goes in there it would just basically be a determining factor of what guns are going to be uh functional in there so if it says it could even say under like a footnote says weapon light light level enabled so if you are going with like say uh a 6v6 light enabled like control control light enabled you're not going to be able to take those those sunset weapons in there and do pretty much anything with it it would be the same effect of a 1060 going against a 1000 it would, you, yeah you can take that mind benders in there but it's going to take like two or three shots to kill somebody here's the thing i actually appreciate the intention of what you're coming up with i know drewski wanted a power enabled comp uh, option just because when he's not in trials, he wants to be able to take whatever his current meta build that he's working on and 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 take it in there because he feels like there there's potentially going to be two metas: the power enabled meta and then the you know the non power enabled meta. And I do think that that will probably be true. Um, certain weapons will, you know, be running running around and still being amazing in non power enabled. But here's the only I think snag with what you're saying it's almost presuming that there won't be a meta anyway. You're going to get four months into the fourth year and there will be another meta. There will be a gun that's annoying people. There will be builds that feel broken and you won't escape it. You won't be able to run to a power-enabled playlist and get away from those trends. The play- the players are still going to find whatever the next Felwinters is. They're going to find whatever the next Spare Rations is. You you can't escape it. Yeah, Weezy already said, you know, there's always going to be a meta. So, you might you might get to enjoy this power enabled playlist for maybe a month, but eventually the meta settles and there's hard lights everywhere. The meta settles and Lord of Wolves is everywhere. Like it kind of is unavoidable. So, I appreciate the idea of always having a power enabled playground so you can test builds for trials. And I also agree, get it out of Iron Banner. I don't think Power Enable needs to be an Iron Banner. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it, it benefits anybody. But I I do think there's a presumption built within the request that's likely going to be frustrated once we get three or four months into year four anyway. Yeah, I definitely hear you. Yeah, I definitely hear that, sir. So, 
But I, I, I like the spirit of what you're asking for. I do think there are more people in the community that, that would resonate with what you're saying. Like, man, I would love to just go into a non-meta playlist. Like, can't we just yeah. have some fun? Um, Bungie could experiment with that. You know, they, they, they got Scorch. They got Mayhem. They could do, they could do, you know, crazy, funky, curated loadouts where you don't even pick the weapons. It just gives you weird blue weapons and you just kind of go in and, you know, they could call it, I don't even know what you'd call it, you know, like Smurf loadout or something, which that doesn't work because Smurfing is usually a, somebody, a good player on another account. But like the idea of like, they just give you a bunch of nonsense weapons that are like blue and maybe like a gun game in Call of Duty. Like if you get a kill, it becomes a purple with another perk or something like that. I, I don't know. There could be, there could be room for modes so you could feel like I just want to go let my hair down and not deal with sweaties running meta builds and I resonate with that which is why I stay away from Crucible and like to do my if there's like hey come play Crucible I usually go to Scorch because it's just goofy and you can't really get salty in Scorch I got you yeah thanks for having me on the call appreciate it yeah yeah good thoughts thanks for thank you for calling in great thoughts dude great thoughts the uh that's gonna do it for vip call in so if you're listening elsewhere and you're like man that was fun i want to be a part of that you can either come to say no to rage.com that'll take you to the youtube click join pick vip get in the discord if you're on uh, if you'd prefer to use patreon go to sntrpresents.com pick vip get in the discord this is one of many benefits we're going to be adding for vips i just want to give as much value as i can to folks that are you know paying for the upper tiers we're going to be doing vip game nights and some other things we just found out that that game fall guys we enjoyed is going to be like free for playstation plus owners it's also going to have cross play between playstation and pc so a lot of fun in the future and uh thank you again wolverine for the co-host on the q a and the call in dude appreciate you being here with me no it's been it's been great if i uh can just do a quick shout out to my friends uh seth and ethan they're in my fire team i play with them often uh quick uh plug in for just uh my twitter at wolverine underscore vz also got a, a youtube as well wolverine vz and uh just do some uh light mixing of just uh, some of the content i have in destiny as of late with trials so uh just go check it out and uh and, and i can't recommend doing this enough i have no reason to plug for Lono other than the fact that I thoroughly enjoyed this experience I enjoy his content there's so many people that enjoy your content bro and and I can't recommend doing stuff like this enough for someone else to get into the chair that I'm in now proverbial chair and and get to talk with you discuss with your fans discuss your topics it's so much fun and 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 thank you so much for the opportunity yeah, I, I really appreciate that and for the for the plug as well. So guys, if you want to you want to check him out, do it. And if you want to stick around, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be chilling for a little bit longer and gaming. But I am gonna end the segment for the recording. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, as always, please like, share, and subscribe.